it's not hard to see Georgia winning this game comfortably and comfortably in the way we won it two years ago or last year. What we really want out of this game are the sad dudes in the overalls. Uh, <laughs> or even worse, the sad dudes in the overalls leaving in third quarter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After a much-needed bye week to get players and fans healed up after the Notre Dame game, the undefeated and third-ranked Georgia Bulldogs take their talents to Knoxville, Tennessee to face off against the 1-3 Volunteers. In the week and a half since the 23-17 victory over the Irish, Georgia and Kirby Smart seem to have taken a bit more criticism than usual by writers and media types on not winning as impressively as many thought they could have or not as in grand of a fashion as the Alabamas, Oklahomas, or Ohio State's of the world. Does it really matter? Probably not, but the three of us discussed this topic and many, many more on our show today. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 196 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today in studio by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. This is a full show full of a wide range of topics from our thoughts on Georgia versus Tennessee, the success of former Bulldog quarterbacks, specifically Justin Fields, and with Will being a St. Louis Cardinals fan, there's a large segment of Braves Cardinals NLDS talk. We get into many of our listeners' Twitter questions, jump in a buy or sell, we have trivia, and we make our fun office pools picks of the week. It's another good show today, a long one too, so let's just jump on into it. Hope you enjoy episode 196. Guys, I've missed y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um week off. Although I had, a, I had a great conversation with Amanda Mall last week. Uh, that was great. She's awesome. Yeah, she is. I was really jazzed to get to talk to her. She is a spectacularly fun follow. Just the way she looks at and thinks about lots of things, but Georgia football in particular, especially as a road dog and someone who actually was now part of the, I guess the she's a member of the board up at the New York City Alumni Club. And, uh, man, that was a lot of fun getting to talk to her. She just has a really interesting way. She wrote a great article today that came out about kale, which um, she didn't have to write the article for me to understand what she meant. But no, this is kind of Did she trash it? Well, she just basically says, a lot of people say they like it, but nobody likes it. <laughs> to be fair, I am a picky eater. I eat like a six-year-old. I do like whatever that thing they put together is at Chick-fil-A. Is, that, is there kale in it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, I eat it sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if that would... I don't know if uh, kale aficionados Chicken would point to that first. sandwich. Um, no, they have something that's kind of healthy. They call it like a superfood or something like that. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I, the thing I love about Amanda Moll's work... I mean, again, I, I didn't even know that she was a Georgia person. Yeah. Uh, I just like her work. And so, uh, she writes about... I also eat like a six-year-old. and But she's really, really good at writing about not just food, but health and body and, and kind of cultural trends uh, in a way that I think is really, really smart. So uh, dog's doing good in the world. I was just really <laughs> excited when uh, I got the file and I was editing it. And times pass, you would talk about Will and everything, and you'd be like some guy re- referring to me. And you actually referred to me by name. So I was really excited <laughs> when I heard that. There you so. go. I finally learned your name, Scott. I'll have you know, I have always referred to you as some guy exclusively on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I wrote, I wrote it down. I requested for some questions, and we got a bunch <clears throat> right at the 11th hour of this. And there's a particular tweet that uh, made me, when I read it, I was kind of like... They say some guy? Basically. I'll get to it later. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's a little uh, I'm preview. I'm looking forward to this little teaser. <laughs> 
Yeah. I have to say, I don't know about you guys, I am still not entirely recovered from Notre Dame weekend. I'm, so I'm getting closer to home by game day next week. We'll be, uh, be able to get there. I still feel like a lot of the town is wobbly, to be honest. You think so? I still, I, a lot of the people, I, I don't think like hungover. I mean, uh, trying to get back in the swing of a normal week. You know, uh, it didn't help. Is the noon kickoff for next week? Yes, yes. Yeah, for the well, South Carolina, you know, the South Carolina game. Right, yeah. right, right. We'll yeah. worry about yeah. that next week, right? Um, but uh, I would say uh, it's funny. This week, I uh, we all know Josh Brooks works for the athletic department. Yeah, I saw him this week, and I complimented him on how well things went and how fantastic things went. Some, uh, some students would have. Yeah, I, I to talked pick. to him about that as well. Uh, I have to say, uh, I am always in support of student journalists. I don't even think the story itself was that poorly put together. Uh, but I, uh, I will say that students having trouble with the student section, I would argue, does not necessarily earn World War II has begun style headlines on the front page. I must have missed that. What happened? I, I will, the front page of Red and Black has a big student seating fiasco I, cover. I will push back against that a little bit because mm-hmm. I talked to some of my students, people mm-hmm. I know personally, who were at the stadium two hours early and were not only asked to move from their seats... Mm-hmm. In the student section, because they had sold tickets to those seats, they were nearly kicked out of the stadium for simply asking where should they go. Security did not handle it well, according to these students. In my mind, they have no reason to make up. Right. Like embellished stories. And it was... To me, the issue seemed more one of security... Then, well, that and that and well, what happened was is on that section right by Notre Dame, the first three or four rows were sold as ticketed seats where normally they're not. Right. So, and they were sold to Notre Dame family, like right. families of the players. The simple solution to that is simply block them, have security out there beforehand. Instead, you had people that got there early with express intention of sitting close to the field. Who were kicked out of the seats twenty minutes before the kickoff, and that is unfortunate. That is definitely unfortunate. There should have been somebody there. Sure. It is worth noting that like those seats were sold, but they're not normally. Yeah, but part of, yes, I, mean, I understand. Put it like this, it's like you're told those are general admission seats. Mm. They're always general admission seats. No one told you they're not general admission seats. I agree. Seats. I understand that. I understand. And that. I. And I Disagree that it's. I think it's more than unfortunate. I think it was poorly handled. I think it was poorly handled. I also think it's a weird takeaway from the night. Is the best way to put it. Well, hold on. If that's your only takeaway, I mean, you got kicked out of the stadium. Yes, I agree. But I mean, like, I mean, also, I don't care about student campus student parking either. But it's a huge story for students. Sure, like it is a big story for students. Sure. Students are not actually I, – I, we're not going to actually pretend the students are the point of college football, are we? No. No. <laughs> like, no, I thought, you, I thought you were talking about the red and black headline. Uh, I thought the headline was a bit much, okay. I will confess. I thought the story was fine, and their complaints are justified, and I think Georgia screwed some stuff up. That's literally the whole top half-fold headline. <laughs> it is the World War II has begun headline. Y'all didn't have this when you were at the DI? We certainly, we certainly had stories like this all yeah. the time. I couldn't even get Illinois wins the Big Ten on the front page of the paper, let alone get like. Oh, what's that basketball? Did yeah. it happen? Uh, in, in basketball? <laughs> no, oh, basketball. basketball. Oh, wait a minute. They didn't do it for basketball? To me, like, it seemed like if you're a student and you're one of the students that happened to, it is definitely unfortunate mm-hmm. and you've got a right to be frustrated. It's something that I think they will try to handle again in the future. I would argue that. The only people that are taking that away from the Notre Dame game are the students that were affected by that, which I get. But there were also I felt everything else ran pretty smoothly. Oh, I thought I thought things were spectacular. And Um, and for me, that was that was the unfortunate part about it to me. Uh, I'm sure the students feel that way and they've got a right to feel that way. And I would be very frustrated, too. 
Uh, I would also argue that um, this was an insane situation and a student that did not see that this would be an insane situation. And then, I mean, to be honest, uh, as a general rule, uh, I feel for them if they were booted out of seats that they thought were theirs. I would recommend that one be more amenable with security in that regard than necessarily. Uh, from what I understand, there was some confront. There was a confront, more confrontational notion about that than necessarily explaining the unfortunate of the situation. I'm, I will not blame students in this situation. I, I understand. I'm not blaming students. I understand there have been there absolutely students probably did handle that yes. improperly. There is a world where students handling properly and security was both put on an island without question, without without information, and without question, something that could simply been fixed by merely having security standing there. Agreed. Before when they opened up the the stadium, Agreed. and and I hear what you're saying. It does not, in my mind, taint the entire experience. But for those students who were given half ticket allotments this year. Mm. And for those students who we should be trying to build as young alumni, it will forever tank them, <laughs> forever. And, and I agree that doesn't need to be um, 96-point font above the fold. But I mean, the, yeah. the story was fine. The story was justified. The story should have been written. And Georgia had to answer for mistakes that they, that they made. Sure. I, like, I, 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 like, I like Josh a lot, too. And I, oh, think, I, 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 think, I don't I think, even know if Josh is one of them. Not, I think I'm Josh not, handled I think, you know, I I think shouldn't Josh bring handled. Josh into this. Like, no, this but, is not Josh's thing. Well, Josh is the face of it because he's the one that answered the he's questions. He's the question. And, right. um, and I think he handled the questions well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's something that... Um, there are the, those amongst more cynical among us to point to that as being an indication of some of the things we've talked about on the podcast. Absolutely, about a student doesn't even pay full price for their tickets, right. and we're you know we're moving them out. And I'm, I understand. I'm, I am empathetic to the students. Yes, yeah. no question. And for the and and I, if I, I for the record, if I if I made it sound like well they shouldn't have been secure, that's not what I'm trying to say. No, no, no. What I'm saying I, that, I, that is a question that Georgia should have the people that something that Georgia should have handled uh, more correctly. I would also argue that if uh, that. I mean, it was an insane situation. You've got to, like, if you get in for the counterfeit ticket, where are you going? Yeah. Of oh, course yeah. you're going to the student section. Yeah. That thing was going to get totally overpacked. The whole, the, it's, you're basically fitting 100,000 people in a 90,000 feet stadium. Yeah. Did Not, they, did many people get in on, quarter, on counterfeits? <laughs> oh. I'll tell you what. Had somebody gotten a counterfeit ticket, they could have sat next to me because the guy that sits next to me didn't show up. So that's why I sat over there the Not entire right, time right. with For my real? Kids. For real. He hadn't been to any games. Which is strange. Yeah. It's, is he okay? I, I need to check on him. Jennifer wanted me to text him. I'm, sorry, Carl, I haven't texted him. <laughs> Damn it, Carl. I just, I, listen, I think the larger point of this, and we'll close on this, the larger point of this is, to me, uh, this is an example of what happens when Georgia football gets this big. Sure. When Georgia football gets this big, this is going to happen, and it's always going to be the students that get it first. It's just always going to be. Yeah. It's always going to be, and that is unfortunate, and I don't agree with it. But it is gonna happen, and 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 I to me to have the takeaway from even as a journalist, I'm sorry, but as had to have the takeaway of this weekend where there were a million stories. This is one of them. This is one of the bigger ones. It is not World War II happened. Well, you know it's what's not. What's crazy is I read a lot about that game. I thought about it. I read about it. You didn't hear a word about it, right? the first I've heard. Exactly, because nobody cares. And maybe they should care more. I think they should care more, but they don't. And I think part of your job as a journalist is to recognize 
I think the Red and Black did, wrote a really good story and they wrote it fairly and played it as if the bombs had dropped on campus. Like, if there's actually an atomic bomb that lands on campus, it's going to be hard to get a bigger font size on the it. front page of the Red and Black than they put about students eating fiasco. That's all I'm saying. You know, the last time we were together, it was about a week ago. No, eight week days day. ago. Eight days ago. And so we were at El Barrio <laughs> and I just want to thank Narissa and everybody for hosting us. Uh, we had... Jason and Jenny Nesbitt dropped by. We had my friend Jake Mosley, who works at uh, Terry College of Business. He and his family dropped by. And uh, Will brought his entire family with him, mm-hmm. which was great. And, uh, you know, if you all haven't had a chance to stop by there or, you know, the pub on Main or the 11th Pin even uh, to try to take some bowling. And that's uh, still, I will stand by it, the best chicken fingers in Athens, arguably, allegedly, arguably, in my opinion, take place or are baked or made or fried at the 11th pin. If anyone listened to the, our last podcast, we can confirm that Tony is very pro-tacos there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he I mean, taco live I online. am pro-taco everywhere. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I, yeah, this, this is the problem. The, the, uh, one of the worst things we ever did to Tony was when we made it where you couldn't eat in the podcast anymore. That's right. Because we would have all been eating tacos. Everybody around us was eating and we were just kind of sitting there. For like, the record, I would love a taco right now. I am very pro-taco. Yeah, yeah. So... Listeners, this extends. I go. This extends. I go for you. So. I would have done it. Listen, whatever. I ordered a taco too. I just did it off. I just <laughs> went to off there. I, I was like, hey, I need some tacos. Uh, correct and correctly, you were much more honest about them. I was. Um, so uh, Georgia, Tennessee. The line. The, the most interesting thing to me, like right on the surface, the thirty thousand foot view. The line opened at twenty two and a half and has been bumped up to or bet up to twenty five. I went ahead and took it off fun office pools because it would have been the highest line by like eighteen points or something on the against this week. Uh, the SEC slate is, is is another. I mean, look, it's a it's a product a product of um, two off weeks. Well, it's a product of off weeks and. Right now, it looks like there are four really good teams and maybe one more pretty good team, uh, maybe two more pretty good teams. Uh, and then the bottom half of the conference is really not good. I do not include Texas A&M in that right now, and we, we can have that conversation. It's on, it's on the edge, though. It is on the <laughs> edge. Um, so, you know, one of the things that it, that did surprise me about it moving like that is that Vegas missing by two points is – it's weird to me, right? So, I it makes me it makes me feel some some kind of way about the about the game. Well, the FPI that ESPN releases is a ninety three or ninety one point three percent chance for Georgia, and it's up four percentage points from last week. Is it? So, I mean, there's a whole lot of data that. I can't compute in my head that's uh, happening around this game. Speaking of data, um, the, the uh, I've said to say this as an Illinois person, but they had the uh, person on the hot seat most in each conference rankings, uh, inspired by Chris Ash, Rutgers uh, mm-hmm. being, uh, being fired. Lovey Smith was, of course, a person of Illinois. Guess who uh, the SEC person was? It was our man Pruitt in Tennessee. Is yeah. on the hottest seat in That's, the SEC. That shouldn't surprise anybody. It wasn't, but it was really like it was strange. It wasn't strange, but it was telling to see how. I mean, I feel like we just had the blow up in Tennessee, and here's another one. And for me, I kind of want Fulmer to just do it. You know, mm-hmm. just do it. Just go, just go coach smart guy. Because well, no, he clearly we'll, wants to. Full Barry Alvarez on that. Oh, right? yeah. No, he subscribes to Barry Alvarez's. That's uh, what I'm saying. Do it, man. Let, give yourself five years and see how you do. Well, he's going to wait two more weeks. They have Georgia. Right, right. Then Can they afford State. that buyout? 
I mean, Phil Homer thinks he can. Yeah. I mean, he'll talk to but I mean, that's the point, though. Get the money. Like, this is the Alvarez. The, the difference between Alvarez and some of those Wisconsin coaches is I actually believe that Alvarez was, like, He's a good capable coach. of pulling yeah. that around. Fulmer's not a moron in any stretch of the imagination, but, like... He doesn't like how he was left at the altar back in whenever he got fired. Yeah, Which is high irony, considering how he... Has treated all of the coaches since that... Including the coach yeah. he replaced yeah. by sweeping in when J- Johnny Majors was in the hospital after a heart surgery. I mean, take, take a step back from it. Phil Fulmer looks, Fulmer looks like the worst possible guy to be in charge of the sure. situation. Tennessee is... I mean, if you're not worst, a Tennessee fan, that's great. Of course. But Tennessee is in such... They're so much farther away than there were than they were when he got there. And the and the problem is he's convinced that it's just people not doing it the way that he'd right. do it. But all he's doing think, is sowing chaos and veering left and veering right and just blowing everything. College football, maybe Tennessee fans need to admit, kind of like Nebraska fans need to admit, it might have <laughs> passed them by. It's certainly going to pass them by the way that things are going now, right? Uh, like, this is the thing is... I mean, Scott Frost hasn't resurrected. It's year two. Remember, year two is the yeah. one that ever, this is supposed to happen for everybody. But for, the, for what it's worth, one thing that I, would, I think Nebraska has an advantage over Tennessee right now is Nebraska is at least trying to get back to what made them who they are. Fulmer is just swerving with it. Like, I mean, the, let's not forget, Pruitt was hired... Basically, because of social media, like that is how this is happening over there. This is why. I mean, honestly, uh, um, uh, do we think that uh, Shiano would would it be worse than this? No, I think he'd be better than this. Right. I oh, think yeah. he would have been better than this. And they ginned up a connection to the Penn State thing just to run him out of there because they didn't want him. And look, this is what you got. And for me, this is why I feel grateful that my wife grew up in, <laughs> in Columbus rather than Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Yeah, and uh, because this is. Uh, I, Georgia obviously is already in a better place than Tennessee in a default zero-sum world. But now with, with with Fulmer in charge, the dirty secret about Tennessee now is Fulmer is not the guy that's going to fix it. He's the guy driving into the ditch. He's wagging the dog. He's the one. He's the one that's making all of this happen. And and listen, not that Pruitt doesn't have all sorts of issues of his own, uh, but Grammar this is what is happens. One of them. Like Fulmer, <laughs> Fulmer has no plan, man. He sits there and skulks. He yeah. skulks at the end of every press conference and when, acts like you're disappointing me. He's, when dressed, he's, when he's he, dressed like he's in coaching attire. Yeah, and he's the one that's, that's caused all this trouble in the first place. So I encourage Phil Fulmer to take this job over for the next three years, and we'll see what happens to Tennessee then. Well, it won't, it won't happen before the Alabama game. There's no way Fulmer's going to Oh, he's going to make Pro take all the hits. Yeah, gonna, yeah. The other interesting um, tie-in to this game is not only – I mean, put Cheney aside and the fact that uh, Shearer's there and Tracy Rocker is, is coaching – don't forget that Coach Smart was hired in 2015. Pruitt was Georgia's defensive coordinator. He was not retained. He went to Alabama to replace Kirby because of his being not retained, and Nick Saban needed somebody to fill in. Kirby coached the rest of that year, uh, or through the through the bowl season, and shared an office with Pruitt for a short period of time while they were both at Alabama. So, I mean, what I'm saying is there's a lot of inner working, you know, probably a lot of uh, animosity, whether it's spoken about or not, and that's why Georgia probably wants to put one on Tennessee. I certainly imagine they had... uh Different philosophies about organization <laughs> and filing. Uh, certainly, you, the, the way their personalities are so different, the way they run a program are so different. It's hard to imagine them even being in the same profession, let alone being in the same office. Yeah, I mean, I, but there's probably a lot made out of that. I mean, I think any animosity that Pruitt and Kirby have towards one another probably has more to do with recruiting trail. Sure. Than and, and maybe maybe because Kirby. 
you know, I, I think Kirby, like any coach who who's leaving, would tried to convince some players he had convinced to come to Alabama to come with him to Georgia. It worked on a couple. Um, and the Maurice Smith thing also was probably a little bit there. But, you know, I mean, for anybody that has any, like, if you're going to be logical about it, anybody would do that, right? I mean, it's not – Pruitt certainly would have and probably tried to as well. He just wasn't successful. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's probably going to be a lot because it's, it, it makes good print is uh, the Cheney, Cheney smart thing, competing against each other and, and uh, practice and, you know, smart Cheney, Cheney – they stole Cheney from us hmm. and all this stuff. Really, I have to say Georgia it's has out, been creating out, out of control. Yeah, Georgia's been creating out of control since they lost Cheney. Yeah. I mean, um, clearly that – I don't even know. You know, Cheney had an interesting quote uh, in the paper. He was quoted as saying, I think it helps a lot. When you know people and people who know me, I have folders on certain coordinators and coach Pruitt and Kirby. We all know each other and we know what each other is going to do. I just love the part where he has folders. Cool. (laughs) Cool. I like that because then that just means it's talent on talent. Sign me up. I mean, I don't see. I mean, that, if that's the approach you're going to take, well, then let's just let's jump on into the talent. What do they have versus what do we have? Um, What's going I mean, wrong with Tennessee? It's probably the offense and the defense <laughs> and the, the lack of teams. big plays. I mean, on the baseline matter, there's something wrong with their DNA. They can't. They don't know how to finish. They can't win a game. They can't win. They don't know how to win. I'm not somebody who's going to sit here and say the team has quit on or whatever, but. Doesn't feel like they're buying in. I mean, look, Pruitt benched Garantano, put who was it, Maurer in or whatever his yep. name in, and then put Garantano back in <laughs> because Maurer went four for thirteen. One he, thing he's the Philip Fulmer of coaches. Yeah, <laughs> well, Tennessee's record is one and three, I think. Yeah, because they had an off week, so they're one and three. So I went and looked. They at, did beat UT Chattanooga. I went and looked at UT Chattanooga. I was interested. Okay, what did they do right? And they won forty-five nothing against the Moccasins, an FCS school. Mocks. They only had 360 yards of total offense and a 45 to nothing win. Tennessee Chattanooga committed five turnovers. Tennessee did have a block punt returned for a touchdown. Ty Chandler scored a touchdown. Garantano was seven of eight passing. And Jawan Jennings and Marquez Callaway both scored. The Tennessee defense had zero sacks and only four tackles for loss against the Moccasins. When you break down, when you're analytical about it, they. I mean, look, Cheney's trying to do the same thing he was trying to do before, but he has none of the skill talent. I mean, probably is his best player. Best player on the team might be Jawan Jennings. Sure. Um, the problem is, is Garantano can't get the ball to him. <laughs> they they can't figure out a way to scheme to get the ball to him. I mean, they're double covering uh, Jennings, basically get, daring Garantano to go anywhere else. And you know, they on top of that, their offensive line is remains not great, and they can't run the ball either. So. You know, you have uh, not great. Bob. It's not great, Bob. You have the double whammy of you can't scheme around other teams' strengths because you can't even scheme in a way to get your best player the ball, other than simply lining him up in the wildcat and let him run every time. Which you know, that's not. I mean, Cheney loves that play, but that's not gonna, that's not going to work. That's the only way Kentucky was able to score against South Carolina last week is yeah. putting uh, Bowden, Lynn Bowden, in yeah. at wildcat after their backup quarterback got hurt. I went to bed. I, I know they scored. You didn't miss much. I, no, I did not. Um, and I don't like to see South Carolina happy. Um, <laughs> defensively, the last time I saw them playing um, hard was the B, BYU game, and I just can't get over Pruitt spending a timeout to yell at his cornerback and literally spending the whole time yelling at his cornerback. And it's just – I that's there are plenty of time to yell at players – 
a TV timeout when you literally need to keep them from getting seven more yards to kick a field goal to, to send the game over time is not the time to do that. Yeah, I mean, I've made, uh, I wouldn't say make fun of, but I've commented on Curry Smart's rage strokes in the past. But, like, I know that those are coming from a default place of I'm on top of this stuff and I know what I'm doing. Right. And uh, if you want to have any qualms with, uh, with, with anything Kirby Smart coaching-wise, I think it's more like, play calls in big moments, but they never seem to be done out of any like moment of nervousness mm-hmm. or, or uh, emotion. Uh, maybe they should be sometimes. But to me, if you're Pruitt, you, uh, you're going to scream at a guy like that and you're going to take a timeout to do it. Uh, you better have your ducks in a row yourself before you get started there. And I, I'm not necessarily sure that's the case. Yeah, no. I think the clear advantage that Georgia has is Georgia. You know, and the, the interesting thing, you can kind of compare these two because both teams have only played four games. Georgia, on average, outrushes them by 100 yards per game, about a 253 clip, which ranks first in the SEC, by the way, on uh, 253 yards per game. Tennessee ranks ninth at 155 yards per game. Really, if you look at all of the SEC offensive categories uh, when it comes to Georgia and Tennessee, Tennessee's the, the highest rank they have is their rushing yards per game at ninth. Everything else ranks around 13th or 14th in the league from total yards to total points. They've only scored 104 total points and averaging 26 points a game. In fact, Georgia averaging 52 points a game ranks only behind Alabama, and that's because of what Alabama did last week to Ole Miss. Do not fall for the UT has the second best passing defense in the conference. Um, That is a product of the teams they played. I mean, they played Georgia State. They played BYU, who... Um, if you haven't paid attention, they they run the ball far more and they rely on the short passing game. This is uh, not Detmer. This is not Ty Detmer. No, UTC who runs literally they run the the, the triple option, and then uh, Florida who was starting Kyle Trask for the first time. Again, they didn't air it out a whole lot. They didn't have to because yeah, they just say, ran they the ball right down their throats. And do you think that might be the prescription for Georgia in this game? Is it going to be – let me ask you this. There's been – and we've got some questions about this and things you've read, and I guess we can kind of dovetail off the Notre Dame game again. I don't really subscribe to this because Georgia's 4-0, but with Ohio State blowing doors, Oklahoma, Alabama, what they did last week, people are starting to worry that Georgia just isn't getting enough style points. They aren't winning sexy enough. When the, when the SEC, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. I also think that the Arkansas State game was kind of sexy. It was. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, it was, right? Like, that game was gorgeous. And listen, I, I wonder if part of it is, and Spencer Hall's talked about this, like the Georgia Notre Dame, it was awesome for us, and we were all there for the pageantry. It was all incredible. I mean, it was not the most stylistically daring game on either side. No. Uh, I think you can make an argument that the game was coached pretty conservatively on both sides. and With they, intention. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I don't think there's a question about that. But I think that's, you know, I mean, I think that's something. If I'm going to be smart, the idea that I need to impress anyone with anything other than just to win games, I don't think there's, there's, there's no reason not to do it. So I, I, I understand that. I understand that, like, probably that that uh, I would say a lot of that is more forgetting. Like, Arkansas State had an, they beat Troy last week. Like, they looked really good. They had, like, an awesome they game. They played Georgia State this week. Yeah, so, I mean, Arkansas State is, we said this, is not a bad team. And that Georgia destroyed them that game in a way that was pretty definitive. The idea that they're, that because they were off a week and then played a very high profile, if not necessarily dazzling game over Notre Dame, the idea that somehow that means that George is not impressing enough, uh, I don't think anyone should sweat that too much. Look, I, the way I look at it is this, is that 
I continue to adhere to the Kirby opens the playbook as much as he needs to. Anybody that thinks that for whatever reason Georgia doesn't trust Jake Fromm to take shots down the field, <laughs> yeah. not paying attention, or has uh, never watched anything over the last three years, right? I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, literally, if Pickens doesn't get pass interfered yeah. with on that, or okay. Wall defended on that that play right, right down there, um, or we don't hold on the fifty-seven yarder to was it Cager maybe yeah. uh, in the Vandy game or whatever. Um, you know, if teams are going to give us nine yards a clip throwing balls where Jake Fromm literally has missed one all season, you're going to take that and you're not going to give a crap whether or not it looks sexy or not because you do that. That's the same as you're just you're going to win the ball game. Well, it's also weird too to think that because this is what people, myself, kind of famously in this podcast included. It's like, well, Fromm is just, you know, he just doesn't make mistakes and he just makes the smart throw and he does the nine yard out, but he doesn't have the big, like, and then we see consistently every year when it comes time to do that, he makes incredible deep throws down downfield. So uh, to me, uh, I feel like this is kind of the curse of the predictable now, right? Like everybody kind of knows, particularly Georgia now, there's no reason for Georgia to, Georgia's got a lot of, frankly, let's face it, pretty easy games coming up for a while they've got florida and they've got auburn and there's probably nothing else maybe missouri if you want. Uh, 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 that, that there's nothing much they're really going to sweat too much after that and it's going to keep them pretty low profile it's going to it's going to keep them a little bit low profile uh the last time they had a made impression uh was the Notre Dame game and i think you can make an argument that the theatrics of the game were more were, were probably ultimately sure. what people will remember more than actually georgia's play i think the operative word right there is low profile because if you read the national and look we've been we've been idle for two weeks or a week and if you look joe burrow for example sure he's thrown for 1520 yards 17 touchdowns has an 81 percent completion percentage that's why he's in the top of the heisman but then you look at other comparable quarterbacks to teams jalen hurts has passed for 12 touchdowns nuts right 78 uh percentage on completion Tua, what he did last night, he's got 23 touchdowns already. Uh, Justin Herbert for Oregon, 14 touchdowns, 1,100 yards. Justin Fields is doing? Uh, Yeah, I was getting there. Justin (laughs) Fields has uh, thrown for right under 1,100 yards, 16 touchdowns. He's rushed for seven touchdowns, had a 51-yard run and a 41-yard run. Jake Fromm. Wait, wait, where's Trevor Lawrence on that list? He's not. Jake Fromm has a 76% completion percentage. He's thrown for 788 yards and six touchdowns. But... He didn't play the second half of Arkansas State. Didn't play the second half of uh, Murray State. So, and he's it only was played four games. Fields was in that game last week in the third quarter sure. when they were up thirty-five points. And look, I, you know, I don't. I, I think whatever it's a nationally televised game. Sure. Like that would, right. And part of the look, part of the narrative absolutely does revolve around Justin Fields and how he's doing, and to a lesser extent, Jacob Eason. Um, and, you know, probably rightfully so. I don't it, it here. Listen, listen, if you're going to get fired up at Dan Walken taking shots at Georgia, you haven't been paying attention to Dan Walken. The reality is, is Justin Fields has had a very, very, very interesting and good season at Ohio State. Okay. We can make the argument they that haven't they haven't played anybody. And if he does that against uh, Penn State or does that against um, Michigan State, ha- he's going to have the opportunity to show. Yeah, he's gonna have, or Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan They're State. Coming up. Yeah, I think it's this week. Yeah. Um, or, you know, or does that in the Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin? Fine. Uh, but I don't, you know, I'm not mad at Justin Fields no. doing that. And I'm not mad at, at sports writers, frankly, making a story out of it because that's kind of the job. And it is interesting, right? Because Jake Fromm winning the Georgia job 
and these other quarterbacks going off to other places and doing well is not an indictment on Georgia. It's not an mm-hmm. indictment on Kirby Smart. All it says is that Jake Fromm was the best quarterback in that room for the system that Kirby Smart wants to run. And if you want to engage in the discussion online or with people about which one's a better quarterback, whatever, you're comparing apples and oranges at this point. Because the reality is, it's like, I don't think Justin Fields was going to be very good running the offense Georgia wants to run. And I don't think Jake Fromm would be a good to run the offense that Ryan Day wants to run. I would push back only on one thing there that I think Justin Fields would have run this offense just fine. Probably not as well as Fromm. But yeah, I that's think, all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But I think that I think he would have handled, run just fine. Is it time to have my Justin Fields conversation? Sure. Um, my, uh, I can hear Robert Wolf's the hair sticking back <laughs> in the back of his neck right now. We love you, Robert. He was the one that I love Robert to death, of course. But uh, he was the one that kind of started this conversation topic. But I've heard this not just from him, but from from uh, a, a lot of fans, particularly in the Columbus area. Uh, there seems to be. Uh, vitriol toward Justin Fields from a certain segment of the Georgia fan base that I will confess to finding a bit baffling. Uh, and I don't know if there's a sense that they feel like I might, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that it's less about Justin Fields himself and about the way that college football is now in the idea that you can, if you're not going to get the starting job, you can leave the way that he used the thing that happened with the baseball player. I would argue uh, that was a perfectly reasonable thing. It was a much better excuse to move to leave than Tate Martell, than Tate Martell uh, had uh, and while well, less of one than Luke Ford had. But I think that, there seems to be some sort of weird tough guyism about uh, toward field the idea like well he should have just stuck it out and fought for the job or redshirted a year and been loyal to Georgia uh, in a way that uh, I think is weirdly uh, I understand that we are all Georgia fans and therefore everything is going to be filtered through what Georgia does but Georgia football is not actually the only thing that exists in the physical universe and the idea that Justin Fields did something wrong or did something disloyal or did something underhanded by leaving which I don't think the majority of Georgia fans think but I certainly have heard it in in a lot of circles Uh, and, and almost a sense that like they're kind of rooting against him a little bit or they don't believe Leave this thing here. And I would argue the things that have inspired this are things that, are, again, are not Justin Fields' fault. Like, what's Justin Fields' most famous moment <laughs> as a Georgia football player? Something that is totally not his fault, but like he was, he represents something unfortunate and also represents something getting in the way of Jake Fromm, who was being awesome uh, that entire period. Again, not Justin Fields' fault, but it does feel like there's a certain. Justin Fields is someone you don't. I feel like more people are cheering for Jacob Eason, or as as a Solid Verbal called him amazingly this week, Purple Cutler. <laughs> called him Purple Cutler this week, which is pretty amazing. Not wrong. <laughs> and I really love that. There seems to be more goodwill toward Eason than there is for Fields, and I think there should be goodwill toward. Probably even equal goodwill uh, toward both. What if Fields had transferred to Washington, a team that Georgia's kind of like, eh, and Eason had transferred to Ohio State? I bet that would be flipped a little bit because Georgia fans historically just don't like the Big Ten, and especially the big dogs in the Big Ten. I I see Will's point. I think I don't want to speak for you, but I will say that 
it's interesting what Fields is doing. I don't want him to succeed because of the team he plays for. Um, and I would feel would, this, would it bother you? More? Would, do you think this would be happening to Fields if he went to Oklahoma? No, no, not. I mean, so it's literally just Ohio State that has a lot to do that with that famous rival of Georgia. Like well, I, I don't. We beat understand. him last time we played him. I know well, that's what I'm saying. I, like, mean, I, don't, I don't think yeah, of Georgia. No, and Ohio State. no, 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 no. It's. I mean, there's some context you're missing there. First off, it's uh, part of it's Urban Meyer. Yeah. Part of it is. Who is uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I don't like Urban Meyer yeah, either. He was you, with you, him you don't like Kansas, money. and you won't like Kansas forever in basketball because <laughs> right. of Bill Self. I understand. Uh, I understand. So, of in, course, he left my school. Not my, anyway, it doesn't matter. No, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Who, here's me. a question. I still have scars. Who did Georgia fans like more, Spurrier or Meyer? Neither. Yeah, but if you if there's a room and there's a tiger that's going to eat one of them, well, who do you want the tiger to eat? I mean, I want the tiger to be really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, yeah. um, as far as... The one that is, uh, as far as the one that I can look at and tolerate in a way, because I respect the way he ran his teams and the way he coached, it'd be Spurrier. Yeah. I'm not going to defend Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer sucks. But no, like, but, but getting to what Scott's right. point, what I was saying about Scott's point, is that there is an animosity towards the powers in the Big Ten. Part of it is the, oh, oh you and your fast athletes. And part of it is also the fact that there we have seemingly 28 bowl tie-ins with them. Um and I don't. I that seems a reason to hate the Big Ten. Well, I mean, but Ohio State is that like, seems, or to hate Ohio State. That doesn't seem like a reason to hate. Just we hated. No, 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 we no, hated no. Illinois in 2007 when they kept us out of the Rose Bowl. No, what I was about to say is like I don't. I, like, I, I don't the highlight of Illinois I, football last year has been hating. By, <laughs> hating, I, hating I, don't, by I don't. I don't hate Justin Fields. I right. mean, I think it's interesting what he's doing. I am fine if he doesn't do well. Right. I am fine if he doesn't do well because it means Ohio State's not doing well. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, but I, that doesn't. But I'm also fond of. If, 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 it feels like more than that. I, I will. Maybe no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying this. Right. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying it's not. Right, I'm right. telling you from my personal right, perspective right, right, right. and looking at it from some fans. I'm not Ooh. saying all fans. I'm not saying a majority or whatever. I'm right. just saying part of it is the team he went to. That if he had gone to Oklahoma, um, at least until we play them in the college football playoffs or whatever, I would be ambivalent about how he was doing. Right. The other part, of course, is you have people like Dan Walken throwing, throwing it back in the fans' faces. Like, I mean, literally, this was a quote. And if you want to, I mean, it was, if you can't see that Justin Fields is the better quarterback, you you might not know what you have. Okay, see, like I don't understand that. Right, no, I agree with you. Yeah. And that, and I'm that not is saying that. I'm not. And listen, do I think Justin Fields is a better pro prospect than Jake Fromm? Maybe. Well, I mean, in the program but, now, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, I don't care about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> so, like... I mean, this way. I don't... I, if Justin Fields is successful, great. If he's not successful, great. Um, me not caring about how he does has far more to do with the success of Ohio State than it does about anything about him playing at Georgia, not playing at Georgia. I don't think he's disloyal. He would have done exactly the same thing I'd advise my kids to do, right. frankly, that I would have done. Right. Here's right? the thing. I don't care about his stats either, but as long as... They're not in the college football playoff. I hope he just blows doors in this bowl game. See, in the, this in feels like a reasonable reason to cheer against Justin Fields. I will confess, I generally see more vitriol sure. in this toward Fields than what oh, well, I've seen it too. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with the team he see, went to. I, maybe, maybe. I, really I mean, I think I, for you guys, clearly, uh, I would say, and certainly the team he went to didn't make it easier on him. But it does feel – I honestly – I mean, part of it, I do think people did not like that he used the thing with the baseball player. I, oh, I, do. I think I think absolutely there's a, and, there's, there is some stuff there. But that your problem there is with the NCAA, not with him. I agree. I agree. I'm totally with you. I just uh, – I definitely still see it is all I'm saying. Okay. Are we still talking about Georgia-Tennessee? Georgia, because Tennessee? I, haven't, I haven't even begun yeah, to make – well, yeah. I haven't begun to make Phil – well, let, let, me, let me tee it up again. Um, 
past two years, Georgia has won a combined uh, two games. Well, that didn't make sense. But, yeah, they've won seven, to something. a combined score, 79 to 12. Georgia is currently the top scoring defense uh, in the SEC, giving up 10 points per game. And um, Wait a minute. I was told defense doesn't win championships anymore. Well, I mean, it wasn't sexy but uh yeah, you know they, they have won their games and have limited the amount of points you know when you throw up a shutout against arkansas state that tends to help things um one thing that was interesting to me as i shuffle my papers georgia's last opponent was notre dame and they gave up 17 points notre dame didn't sack jake from that's correct that game well virginia was touted as kind of the only other kind of thing in the ACC that could uh, challenge Clemson next to UNC. Notre Dame played Virginia close in the first half of uh, the game last week. In the second half, Notre Dame sacked Virginia Perkins, the, the their quarterback that really is quite good. Eight sacks, 13 tackles for loss, and four turnovers. And going into the Notre Dame game, that's one thing we talked about. They were very, uh, I guess, ball hawkish, if you, if you will. And their I mean, defense they tried their hardest to sack the, Jake. I mean, let's be clear. And that, frankly, is part of the reason why he threw a ton of five-yard outs, nine-yard outs, because he was checking down and going to the Because he's route. smart. Because he's a real <laughs> damn good quarterback. But, you know, whatever. So how are we going to face off against Tennessee? How are we going to beat them? How are we going to score, you know, multiple amounts of touchdowns? And is there a fear factor at all? We brought this up at Vanderbilt. Is there a fear factor? I mean, you know, because anything can happen at, at any time. I, I don't. I don't want to be. No, I'm trying. He's not. He's not grinning when he says that. To be. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm, I am really trying to. The the one thing that concerns me. The I mean, the, and this is the one thing that concerns me is that there's always that one game where you overlook somebody you have no reason to overlook. I posit that was the Missouri game last year. Mm-hmm. You get into a situation where you can't dig out of I'm not going to make a prediction yet but it's hard to see a path to victory for Tennessee unless they put everything together perfectly and Georgia plays the worst game they played since Ole Miss yeah. in, in 2016 I, I, if this, I think yeah I think you're, that's clearly the worst maybe I mean maybe Georgia Tech but I feel like they kind of beat Georgia Tech that game they just lost at the end yeah. I think it's probably Mississippi yeah and that would that's just such a different time in every possible way. It's a whole different epoch. Uh, that's that, and this comes back to something we talked about earlier. I will say one thing that we've not really seen from Kirby Smart, as coach uh, of Georgia, since the revenge tour, has been that I want to destroy these people's souls. I don't feel like we've actually seen that much. We've not seen the Spurrier. Like, have we? Like, no, what? you're right. We haven't. We, um, the, the revenge tour was amazing, and I mean, I think, since Spurrier to retirement, yeah. It, yeah, it was. I mean, it's clearly happened during the Vinch tour. I think Tennessee was the best example of that happening. But we have not. I feel like we have not seen Georgia do a. I mean, Harbaugh. Did you see Harbaugh in the Rutgers game? They were going for two in like the second half when they were up by fifty and so on. Like you do not see that from Georgia, even when Kirby Smart might have a right to be annoyed and maybe want to make a statement. I feel like it's not I mean, something last year seen. versus Florida. Maybe I just looked at the score and I was thinking back to some of that, but 
That, I mean, but that was more a get right after yeah. the LSU. Yeah, loss. and the one two years ago felt again the revenge tour yeah. game felt yeah. like more definitive than that too. Yeah, uh, maybe he, maybe he's just comfortable in his own skin and his own coaching ability yeah. and realizing that look, I'll take a seventeen point win. I mean, people can doubt us. It just gives us more fire to talk about in the locker room and challenge mm-hmm. my guys. I mean, I think if they win by seventeen, I think they've actually just not played well. I think the question is whether he wants to win forty one nothing again. It's weird to have a team that's so talented that it feels like they're constantly keeping things in reserve for a future date. Or are we just saying that? I mean, I don't know. I've seen Jake Fromm throw deep. I mean, I've seen him be able to do it. And, and I've seen that Cager and, and yeah. Pickens can go after And him. it's not like the defense has been, like, incredibly aggressive. Well, like, do you, do you remember back to the Notre Dame game, the ball that Simmons dropped in the end zone. I mean, that, he, would, he had sprinted out to the right, rolled out to the right, threw it off of one foot, and it was the perfect pass yeah. and the perfect spot for it. Simmons, who had a, a shoulder brace yeah. on, you know, forgive him for that, it didn't hold on. That would have been a touchdown. He had a toe. He had one toe in. Yeah, score right there. And, yeah. then, the, and then the Pickens touchdown also that could have been. But it is weird. I think this is part of one of the reasons, kind of what we touched on earlier, the idea of why people are not like bedazzled by Georgia right now is, I mean, it felt even in the Notre Dame game. They were still holding something back a little yeah. bit. Then that goes back to what I was saying yeah. earlier. It's like it, it does feel like we were holding something back, yeah. um, which is weird in like the biggest game of the year against a top five ten team. But whatever, if, they, if it hadn't have been for a couple of weird punts and a couple of weird breaks here, they would have won that game yeah. by twenty points. I mean, realistically, what we're seeing is two thousand nine, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Nick Saban. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, coaching. Coaching. Not not overly conservative, but also. Uh, more worried about doing things perfectly yeah. is might, might even be the right way of putting it. Um, but being extraordinarily competent in all phases of the game, not worrying about what people think, not giving a crap about what people think, frankly, and being in a position to win every ball game simply because you either have more talent, you've outcoached them, or you've outplayed them. And if you can do all three of them, then that's where you get the forty-five nothing games. But you know, I think it's. I'm on the record saying that Kirby probably got out coached a little bit and he didn't coach poorly. Yeah. It's just, I think Brian Kelly coached one of the best job. games right. he's coached in a long time yeah. in that game. Clearly, we out talented, outplayed them. I don't think that Kirby Smart did a ton of stuff wrong. No, we all, I, mean, I mean, I mean, we I just could nitpick, but yeah, Kelly was, was pedaling as fast as he could. And, yep. and and kept them, kept them afloat in a way that a lot of lesser coaches would have not have. I mean, look at it this way if Georgia gets on a roll, and is able to execute the the offense in a way that they did in the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter against Notre Dame. I mean, Tennessee doesn't have enough guys to fall down to slow them down. <laughs> right. They just don't. Right, right, right. Um, now, do I think it's going to be a fifty-six-seven game? I don't. Probably not. But it's not hard to see Georgia winning this game comfortably, and, and comfortably in the way we won it two years ago or last year. What we really want out of this game. Are the sad dudes in the overalls, uh, <laughs> or even worse, the sad dudes in overalls leaving in third quarter? Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. we expecting a takeover in this game, or is like not even really worth it at this point? It could happen. I mean, I think we're going to have. I think there will be a fair number of Tennessee fans there. 
Um, there will not be 102,000 people in that stadium. Right. It's I think an, it's, it's a, a night game. Right, right. I think there will be a lot of people who will, who ordinarily would go to this game because it's a night game who are like, I'm just not going to Knoxville. For I, think, I, I mean, I'll say, I'll say this again. People need a break, man. Another <laughs> game. Game took no, a I don't lot mean of I mean, Tennessee. Fans. I know, but I'm talking about, I don't think Georgia, I have not gotten a sense that I think, I, I think Georgia not, takes 25,000 people. Yeah. Well, like, for example, the Vanderbilt game felt like Georgia being really, really proud yes. that they could take over a stadium. I don't get the sense from this game that this is taken so serious. Like if they played at Tennessee on opening night on Labor Day weekend, Ooh, then boy. I think they'd want to do it. Now it feels like after Vanderbilt, after Notre Dame, everyone, I have to confess, myself kind of included, I get to watch this game on television and take a little bit of a break because I've been at every game this year. I'm kind of excited to have just like a relax. Like everyone just wants to – there were not only was it Notre Dame, it was after – Three straight home games. Mm-hmm. And I, I think everyone is still maybe a little bit in bye week mode. And uh, I think that's understandable and okay. I, I still think we'll have 25,000 people up there. Yeah. I mean, the idea that we'll red and black checkerboard, uh, <laughs> right. uh, it's, it's a great story. It's not happening. Right. Um, I, yeah, I really... You know, although, once the Tennessee fans leave and the Georgia fans come together... Well, that happened a couple of years ago, right? Didn't that really kind of happen a couple they of years ago? They could checkerboard it. Yeah, could, I guess they could in two sections. Three sections. Whatever. A quarter that's, of the stadium. That's fine. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to go. Um, I, I'd given some thought to go in, but I have. I was going to go if it were a noon kickoff. That way I would leave yeah, early, or, drive yeah. up, go to the game, come We back. could have ridden together. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I consider it exactly the How same. How long is the drive? Four hours. Four hours. Yeah, yeah. Not, bad. not bad. Through the mountains. Yeah. I do want to say before we go. Um, we're not well, going before we move on. Right, no, shutting before us off we early? Could, no, no, no. Before, before we move on from this, I, I do. Stuff, I do I, this, is totally, <laughs> this is totally. This is totally. By the way, that guy. No, by the way, by the way, Will and that guy. I don't know what I was trying to say. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to say a, a little. Um, y'all, y'all say a little. Say a little word of thought or prayer for the family of my friend Bill Walker. Bill is uh, a native of Patterson, or was a native of Patterson. He passed away today. He is probably one of the biggest Georgia fans. Certainly one of the biggest Stetson Bennett fans. Uh, he is mm-hmm. look, I mean, he was born in the early, early to late middle sixties. Uh, his parents, his mom had rubella when he was mm-hmm. in utero. Uh, his mom also was relatively old. Uh, so Bill was born with a number of health challenges. They gave him no shot of graduating high school. He did. They gave him no shot to live in the 30. He did. He died today at 56 years old. My dad bought, he had a golf cart he rode around Patterson in that was pimped out in the most Georgia <laughs> pimped out way. And my dad bought it about six or eight months ago uh, because it literally was sitting in a bar and he was like, I, I, I love to have Bill's golf cart. And, uh, uh, and unfortunately, uh, one of the reasons I can't go Saturday is his funeral is probably going to be Saturday. I just wanted to say, if y'all, you know, if you're you're praying thoughtful types, please do so for his family. He's a he's a damn good dog, and I think the world's a little darker place without him. Okay, I mean, bring y'all down. No, I just, I just don't know how. I'm glad you did. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I still you mean like, one, you mean one of, like one of those? Uh, you, you do what Fox Sports does when they come out of oh, yeah. a sad memo. It's like the sad robot. Seems yeah, yeah. So we're fine. Here's what we got. We've got some last minute questions from some listeners that I'm going to go into first. Then we'll do buy and sell. I have just a couple trivia. And then we've got some reviews. And picks. And picks. We should and talk about who's winning front office polls. Yeah. By the way, I am. <laughs> winning? Like winning, winning? I'm 10th. That's pretty good, man. Okay. I, was, I was third at one point uh, Saturday. Yeah. Well, come up. Well, gotcha. Um, 
some people put more oh, points put in the last game. <laughs> so you didn't miss anything, right? Now. No, I missed one, right. but it's a one-point game. Okay. So I sent out a tweet about an hour ago saying that we're opening up for a few questions tonight. Fire away. 20 questions came in. <laughs> so thank you for yeah, being so oh, that's engaged. Good, man. So we're going to run through these real quickly. Yeah. All right. Word answers. And there's no, and of course I didn't put these in any order. Of course you didn't. There's no, this <laughs> is all our season guys, preview based off pred- questions. Prediction. This guys, this is production value. <laughs> all right. Uh, Brent Tucker at Elko dog. He says, UGA highly underrated nationally. Isn't this where we prefer to be? Number one, hasn't been good to us. I don't care. Win all games. I don't, yeah, win, win all the I'm games. Fine. Yeah, Georgia's not the hot, cool story anymore, right? That's good. That's, That's totally fine. fine. Yeah. yeah, they we're were, all, great we're almost boring, guys. Yeah, embrace that. Yeah, Embor- yeah. All right, this comes from at Hunt the Jones. Hunter Jones, our uh, graphic artist yeah. friend. Mm-hmm. He says best uniforms, not Georgia in college football, and why? He says here are my unbiased top four, my two cents. He says though Georgia in red helmet, black jersey. And Silver Bridges is dang close to the top. He gave uh, Ole Miss's powder blues they wore uh, last week. Notre Dame, of course, with the Golden Domes. Uh, Ohio State and UCLA. Very well. I can't argue about with Ole Miss or UCLA. I love both of this. I think Alabama's jerseys and their numbers on the helmets are, are really, really good. I'm going to give out uh, Notre Dame as well. I thought when I was sitting there in Sanford Stadium and kind of just in awe that they're here. Uh, I thought it was so cool, and I love how their helmets just reflect It looked light. so cool when it was red. Mm-hmm. I thought Notre Dame in particular, when the stadium was red, yeah. their helmets and uniforms looked really, really cool. Helmets glowed. Yeah, yeah, it was really a cool thing. The Illinois Galloping Ghost. Oh, yeah, the Red I'm going to give those some uh, – those are them. different. Mm-hmm. I, I like that because uh, imagine if they played on Eastern Michigan's field. Have you ever seen Eastern <laughs> Michigan's field? Yes, they blend in. For the record, Whitman did not do a home-and-home home, uh, for, for Eastern Michigan field. this year. I, I really do think they should have to wear the leather helmets, though. That'd if be, you're going to do that, yeah. You know, Texas A&M did something like that a couple years ago. They put leather on their helmets, even though they were real helmets. Go, someone Google it. It was atrocious. <laughs> and my, my third I wrote down is uh, Penn State when they whited out. I think that's classic. Even though I'm no fan of Penn State, don't get that confused. Um, any academy when they do like a plane or some special ops uniform, like Army does a special ops, like an all black thing. I think that looks awesome. Um, the old Arizona State Sun Devil, Sparky. Yeah, Sparky I miss yeah. that. I think it was a travesty that they got rid of him on their, their helmets. They When they played here in Athens, they had them on his helmet. And then uh, Virginia. Uh, I think their uniforms look awesome now. So Too much orange, but fine. That's fine. All right. Uh, at James Lawson, 87, I think he's the guy that did, did the drawing. He sent that in. Uh, he says, what are your takeaways from the games this past Saturday while the dogs were off? In the same vein, is your view of Notre Dame victory any different? Um, I think I thought Notre Dame played really well. Uh, they played super opportunistic defense. Frankly, I thought they played exactly the same. I watched a lot of the game. I thought they played exactly the same defense they wanted to play against us. They were just more successful against a pretty good Virginia team. Yeah. Um, whew, Clemson did not look great against North Carolina. Talk about that at all. Uh, they have. Was that the right call? Go for two. hundred percent. It was the wrong play. The call. play call was terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, beyond that, it's you know what, whatever. Ooh, Mississippi State, not great after that quarterback went out. And Kentucky, I'm sorry, y'all. Those helmets were bad. If we're talking Virginia, by the way, let's talk about Virginia Tech for a moment. Remember when Justin oh, Fuente yeah. got that job and you're like, wow, that guy could make something happen Ooh. there. And they have fallen up. Yeah. Duke hearts. could do no wrong against them. Yeah. All right, next question uh, from at. Can we talk about uh, Justin Fields seven more minutes? No. Yeah. 
at It's Easy MK, John McKay. Okay. Do you think Kirby truly cares at all about style points? He has to be aware of it. He gives zero shits about style points. I mean, I agree. Okay, this one from at Powell John T. And I didn't use the F word because Scott's going to bleep that. That's fine. Uh, John Powell wants to know, (laughs) what is Tony's hashtag El Barrio order? (laughs) What did you you order? I ordered the nachos. I ordered... uh, because I was ordering for my for my whole family, I ordered uh, the chicken, five chicken taco, five fried chicken tacos. Fried chicken tacos and I'm not jalapeno. Give, give him the jalapeno. Yeah, eighty six jalapenos uh, because yeah. I do there do something much. in my stomach. Right, and then five shrimp tacos. Yeah, and we literally licked the the tin foil <laughs> clean. It was amazing. They actually did that before they even opened. They just, <laughs> well, yeah, they're they're just, like, these are mine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, I mean we're tin foil liquors. Yeah, they're like guys, you can you can open it. There's like food inside. This one from at Jason Wright. Would you prefer Florida losing their next two games or winning them so they're still undefeated when we face them in Jacksonville? Always lose. Always pick lose. <laughs> I think if they weren't that playing. That means Auburn won. Yeah, I think that's the thing is that like Auburn's one of them. Whatever. So I want one of those teams to be undefeated when Georgia plays them. So, uh, well, I mean, only one of them can be. Yeah, so. Yeah. I always want Florida to lose. If Florida wins against Auburn, yeah. I might want Florida to keep winning. Yeah. I mean, it's only another game. All right. Um, at Seth P underscore Johnson, specifically for Tony and Will. So <laughs> sorry, I'm not going to Sorry, sorry that sorry, guy. other guy. Does it matter that Sam Holbrook was named crew chief for the NLDS? And, I, and obviously, I have no opinion on the it's Braves. Fun. I don't know anything. Yeah, well, why would you be a part of this? <laughs> Go ahead. That's like totally Thanks. weird. So, why Thanks, would you Seth. be excluded for that? I know nothing about baseball. I feel like you are just as... <laughs> sorry. Look, I, we have not talked about, by the way, I get the credit no. all of you guys to not mention what I'm wearing right now. now I assuming, expected you to wear it. <laughs> I'm assuming if... In, uh, right, that, because I'll tweet a picture. picture. Tweet yeah, a picture. Tweet, yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead and tweet a picture of what we're wearing here. Um, no, make sure you get the number because this is this is this is giving. Is that retired? Is it, yes, yeah, of course. It's Bob Gibson. Yeah, Bob Gibson, probably my favorite Cardinal of all time. I would say Bob Gibson, Ozzie Smith, or Willie McGee, or Daryl Porter. Those are probably my. I mean, four he's favorite probably Cardinals. my favorite Cardinal yeah, too. Yeah, Bob Gibson. I actually got the opportunity to meet Bob Gibson once. I, uh, I mean, did intimidate you? I assume uh, it was actually awesome. Here's my Bob Gibson story before we talk about Please. how the Cardinals are going to smoke him. Uh, Bob Gibson used to be the pitching coach for the Braves. He has a Braves. Oh yeah, I remember that and, with uh, uh, Joe Torre mm-hmm. and. But uh, actually, I don't. I don't know anything about baseball. Of course, I'm just oh, that, I'm sorry. That was obviously Tony talking because that guy doesn't know anything about the Braves. Uh, but I, uh, many, many 12, 11 years ago, uh, I was on uh, Bob Costas's television show. Uh, there was a big incident. No, uh, yes, there was a big incident, and uh, and after the incident, Costas invited me and the guy with whom I had the incident to come back for their next show, which turned out to be about the his- a history of baseball show. So we were sat in this section because the camera had to cut to us to show that me and the guy with whom I had had the incident were buddies now. Uh-huh. And I was wearing a Cardinals hat like I am now. And I w- and they sat us in this special section and it turned out I was sitting right next to Bob Gibson. And and why was that? Because he saw me in the Cardinals hat and said, oh, I want to go sit next to a Cardinals fan. So he sits down and there's a live show and it's about 90 seconds before we're about to go live and they've got us all sitting in our seat and Bob leans over to me Bob you know Bob my pal Bob uh, Bob leans over and he says I gotta take a piss do you think they'll let me take a piss and I said Dude, I said sir you are Bob Gibson you can do whatever the hell you want to and he's like yeah 
I can. <laughs> and literally stood up. And the bad part, the only bad part about that is he did not get back in time to be sitting next to me when I got my live camera shot because I don't really care about the fact that I was sitting next to the guy with whom I'd had the disagreement. I just would have loved to see God. people know that I was sitting next to Bob Gibson. But you said exactly what I would have said. Yes. And I'm not a Cardinals fan. <laughs> right. You are Bob Gibson. You can do whatever the hell you want. Uh, anyway, so yes, the, this is the series. Sorry, uh, Scott. The <clears throat> Cardinals and Braves are playing that. in the playoffs. So it's baseball. I don't like baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, so yes, yeah, so I am wearing my Bob Gibson jersey. I felt like my Bob Gibson and Cardinals jersey. I, I will be at games one and two. Uh, uh, game one with my parents and my friend Will Haraway. Game two with my parents. And there'll be my, I'll be with my mother and two William Bryan leeches, uh, which should yeah. be very fun. But uh, I have many thoughts about this series. You can go to MLB.com to see my official preview of this series. I got scared when I watched your uh, replay uh, from MLB that you yeah. tweeted out because you were talking about how awesome this one pitcher is. Jack Flaherty. Uh, Jack Flaherty. He's been amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's weird. Be, he will pitch games two and five. I think it's, I think it's weird something. you picked the Cardinals win seven games to nothing, but okay. <laughs> Cardinals, Cardinals in two. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, the Braves did win four out of six in the season series. They took two or three in St. Louis and two or three if, here. If you, if you want to know my actual preview of the series, um, I think that it's going to come down to game three, which is to say the Soroka game, mm-hmm. uh, because game one is, and a lot of times, like you're going to see in the wild card game between the Rays and A's, it's going to be kind of a bullpen game. People are using the opener strategy. The Braves and Cardinals are actually more traditional rotation to bullpen teams. They both kind of rely on the rotation a lot. And so you can look at those matchups a little bit. Uh, to me, the, the two pivotal games are one and three. I think uh, it's because... Two is Flaherty, Fulton Evich. And Fulton Evich has, has been up and down, but he's come on a little bit. Flaherty has been the best pitcher in baseball and one of the best pitchers in baseball history uh, since the All-Star break. And so he's been absolutely incredible and dominant in every possible way. If the Cardinals get to a Game 5, he'll start Game 5. The Cardinals really just want to get to a Game 5. If they can get to Flaherty pitching, they feel like they're going to win that game. Um, so one is Keikel against Miles Michaelis, and three is Soroka against... Either Adam Wainwright or Dakota Hudson. Uh, that's why I ultimately did actually pick the Braves in this series. Uh, because I, I think if it gets to Game 5, if it gets to Game 5, I think the Cardinals are going to win the series. Uh, but I, I think I can see the Cardinals being in some trouble. The Braves need to be three games, games to one if it's Game 5. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's, yeah. it is, it is, Flaherty is dominant right now. He's having a Jake Arrieta. I remember Jake Arrieta had an incredible second half. For what's worth, Arrieta did get hit hard in the playoffs that year, but he was clearly starting to slow a little bit. Flaherty is he is having a Randy Johnson type run right now. Uh, and he's pitching games two and five. So to me, I'm a Braves fan. The game one is so huge for the Braves because oh, yeah. they lose the game one factor. Mm. and you've got Flaherty in game two uh, going behind 2-0 on the road uh, at, at, at home, home. Yeah, is, yeah. is pretty scary. Well, it's like what my 11-year-old has said throughout the past two or three months of the Braves, you know, when you kind of walk in from activities in the evening, the Braves game's on and they're up up two nothing in the first, at the bottom of the first or the, if they're on the road or in the second inning. And he always comments, he's like, huh, the Braves are always scoring one to two runs in the first couple innings. And that's the way it's got to go because Acuna and Albies have to set that table for Freeman and the bringer of rain, because once you get past the top, they've got five, 
Yeah, I was on I was on Kmart's radio. They said well, the Cardinals affiliate right before we came over, so I was a little bit late, guys. Sorry, and I was on Kmart's today, and to, they asked like, what are the Braves' advantages in this series? And I said they have the four best position players. Yeah, like those top four guys are better than any Cardinal position player, including Goldschmidt, including Juan. Those top four dudes are the best four. I think Flaherty is probably the most dominant pitcher right now, uh, but those four guys are better than any Cardinal position players. After that is when you get a little bit of issue. Right. And also there's defensive issues. I don't think the Braves have a great defense. I think Inciarte being out hurts them because mm-hmm. I love Acuna, but, and he's certainly worth it. He's better on the corners. Yeah, he is better on the corners. He's an adventurer on those fly balls hit straight. And uh, I, I would be a little worried about him in center field. I'd be a little more worried about the bullpen. I know it's settled down a little bit, but uh, Mark Melanson got ran out of San Francisco, uh, and he's now your closer. Uh, and... He's also kind of pitched the pitch as well against the Cardinals. He's a changeup guy. So we'll see. I'm picking the Braves in four, but if it gets to five, I'm taking the Cardinals. Really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't, obviously, didn't read your. I think Duvall's going to have a big series if he's on the roster. <laughs> yeah. He, he, do you have a Duvall jersey? You should no, have I a need Duvall. One. I so need if one. there were a player on the, on the Cardinals named Leach, I would absolutely wear his jersey. Of course I would. Look, if you're a Braves fan, you don't look for those. You don't look for those four getting on base their first at bat, but you look for them looking competent against. Um, and Acuna looking healthy. Yeah. Like, yeah well, I mean, he took everybody. I mean, yeah, they, he, he, took, he took the series off. Season I mean, five. which was smart. A lot of people are like, oh, we should have gone for forty. No, you don't yeah. go for forty. You go for a World Series yeah. ring, but you you want them looking competent. You don't want them swinging wildly. You don't want them dribblers back up the middle. Um, you want to hit the ball hard. If they hit the ball hard, but at people. You feel good about the Braves doing something because the Braves, this is different than the Braves that we saw through the 90s and early 2000s in that the pitching is good. It's not, it doesn't carry the team. <laughs> um, the the hitting carries the team. And it's, uh, my one concern is that it only takes a couple of guys getting cold and suddenly you can't go. If you have a couple of guys get cold in the pitching, you still have three to four other guys who are really good to carry you. Yeah. I, 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 this is, this is the best, this is my opinion. I think this is the best of the four divisions. Oh, hundred percent. Agreed. I think that, and whatever division series are weird, weird sure. things can happen. Milwaukee's missing all of its best players and they could still win the world series. Like strange things. If you put the Baltimore Orioles in the playoffs, they could still win. They it. would, uh, they would win against the Astros. Although 20% of the time, uh, if you're going to get, if you're going to ask me which wildcard team has the best shot to make the world series, it's just the nationals. Hmm. Uh, that's why the Cardinals holding off the Brewers was so huge because no one uh, uh, the the difference between I think the best two teams in the National League are the Dodgers and the Nationals right now. As and, long as uh, they have six umpires, don't they? Uh, yeah, they should. Yeah, they do. As they, long as Holbrook's yeah. in right field somewhere. Or well, they will rotate. They will rotate. Yeah. So eventually, he will get him on. Sam Holbrook is the guy that made the, the infamous, correct call. The infamous the correct call. Flag. The we, correct we won't call. spend too much time on it. Other than just other than just to remind, I, when I heard that Sam Holbrook was doing the series, my action was what any right thinking person would be. It was like, awesome. I like when umpires get calls right. So he's going to get a bunch of calls right, like he did last time. This one comes from Lee Munger at Southern Shepherd. After these first four games of the season, is it too presumptuous to say it's a two-game season against the Gators and Tigers with everything else just flexing for the committee? I remain semi-concerned about Missouri. Um, and, you know, I mean, Texas A&M has talent, although they haven't looked good against teams that are probably better than them. Um, but that's I, something they can get... 
figured out by the time they get Yeah, they, uh, Yeah, I mean, I think I still remain in the I'm not convinced about Florida camp. Um, find out this weekend. We will find out this weekend, right? Um, but, you know, it's, 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 it's not an unfair observation if you want to say the two toughest games left are Florida and Auburn. I mean, sure. This next one comes from John Larson at John Larson 7. What is y'all's analysis and prognosis of our offense at this point in the season? And then question two, do y'all plan to watch the Atlanta-St. Louis game together Thursday night? We will not be watching it together. I will be in the stadium. Will will be at the stadium with uh, two Brian Leeches. That's Friday. Friday. Uh, Tony and I will be watching it with our uh, kids, our boys. We, them, I guess the, the game times are working out great. Yeah, they're perfect it for, kids. for you. Yeah. 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 I, I wish I could go over. I just I can't. Thursday, I'm giving thought to Friday. We'll see. And analysis and prognosis. Prog- I can't. Say. I mean, we talk, we, I mean, I think we've, we've kind of I think we've yeah, analyzed the sorry, offense. Sorry, John. We're going we're gonna to. Yeah, the one thing I'll say about the this. offense is that. One, I think there is a ton of uh, trust being placed in Jake Fromm in making calls on the field, as there should be. And Fromm is taking the easy yardage, as he should. I agree. What am I looking for here? Purple Cutler. Purple Cutler. So good. Okay, so this comes from... Mark Mathis at Mark underscore J underscore Mathis. It's pretty easy. Reaction to the recent California law allowing for college athletes to receive money for endorsements and how long till other states and major conferences have to follow along. Also, is it possible that it doesn't matter if Jake Fromm is better than Justin Fields or vice versa and that both players are just exactly where they're where they are supposed to be in terms of setting up their talents for success? Tony I, obviously I agree with that. Tony obviously disagrees with that last part, even though he said the exact <laughs> same thing yeah. uh, just about twenty minutes ago. Uh, yeah, that's that last part's exactly right. Who that California thing? I'm still kind of processing this because it is a massive story. It is a massive, massive story uh, about where this is going to end and. You know, to me, I, I'm working on a piece for NBC about this. Um, I think there's a tie between this and the way that Bill Self in Kansas treated the NCAA. Uh, and after what you saw, but Bill Self in their big video was wearing a, a shirt with a huge Adidas logo and a necklace with a <laughs> with a money sign around it. I, yeah, have any thoughts about Bill Self? The most impressive thing he's worn, other than the toupee, in uh, mm. in, in many years, and to watch. Uh, to see that he did that, to basically a Hall of Fame coach saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just like, you have a problem with me? Uh, people are going to be on my side, not yours. And to see now, do you really think the NCAA is going to say, okay, you see it? We have the power for UCLA and USC and Cal and Stanford, all of these places, to just not be a part of our tournaments, our or championship our bowl process. games? Oh, yes. Are you kidding me? Like, the, if the, the NCAA. Even if they had the cojones to do it, and they don't, they don't have the public sentiment to do it. People hate the NCAA. And also, more to the point, they find them very weak, rightly so. And so I think I sometimes occasionally a little bit have a little bit of empathy for the NCAA in that they are trying. They are looking around saying there is no other authority here. We have to try to do something. I just think that they try to um, – they, they have – they – Put their stake in the ground on amateurism, and once they put that stake, they they refuse to understand that this is not going to work anymore. Uh, and the problem now is if they back down and say, "Okay, UCLA, USC, you can still be a part of this thing," 
then other states are going to follow and others are going to follow. Well, that, that law that was signed by Gavin Newsom, it doesn't go into effect till January 2023. I was just about to say, it's interesting. So there's there, some time. The, the timing of it is interesting. Um, so I've had a conversation with a couple of people, including um, Mike Barkstein, uh, Senator Plutarski, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, about this very thing. And he is of the opinion that the, the three-year implementation period is intentional. Is they're allowed to, to allow the NCAA to figure out, figure out what the hell they're doing. Yeah. I think he's probably right. Um, I mean, look, you have to look at the NCAA, and, and I kind of long held this, and I, it's been crystallized. I, I saw a tweet recently. Um, I can't, could not tell you where I saw it, but I saw a tweet recently that crystallized this. But this exactly boils down everything I thought. NCAA is a member services organization. It's this for two reasons. First off, to fix prices. Second off, to host tournaments. Right? I mean, the reason Kansas is in trouble, the reason... I mean, the reason every organization that gets into trouble, more trouble with uh, the NCAA is because they violate the first part, hmm. right? Uh, A.J. Green, Todd Gurley, it's because they, they violated the first part. You outside the confines right. to change the price-fixing scheme that the NCAA tries to run. And, and that's what the California statute is. I mean, look, the NCAA doesn't... I mean, yeah, they care about this. They're NCAA proper is not going to lose money. It's their members to lose money. Look, if you ask me to look forward three years from now, um, what's going to happen? NCAA will figure out a way to work within this framework um, and hope that other states don't pass this. Frankly, I think other states will. Well, how fast, if, if California schools are getting a recruiting advantage, how fast are the governors of the states and the SEC going to pass that? Um, it's interesting you ask that question <laughs> because I don't know that they have to. Yeah. Right? I don't know that they will. It allows the under-the-table payments that are taking place to become no longer under the table. Right? It allows the car dealership in Atlanta, who is, happens to be a big U- University of Georgia booster, hmm. to funnel exactly the same money that they may or may not be funneling right. to an athlete to do so in a way that is no longer... No longer endangers the possibility of that person being disassociated with the university or the university getting in trouble for it. Um, and, and I, Which I, I have to say, is a, I would argue, is a positive on both sides. It's parts. a positive on both parts. And that's the part I think most universities will get to, that they are not losing out any more money, that, that it allows them to leverage university and alumni connections in a way that they hadn't thought about. And I think that's where universities will come around. Now, I'm not saying, I am not saying the University of Georgia does that. I'm just making, using that as an illustration. Right, right. Um, so if, you, if saying, you want to say a car dealership in Meridian, Mississippi, I'm fine with that. I'm saying that every single school, major school in all of American college sports does this, except for Georgia. Georgia is, of course, a fun In Illinois. Well, Illinois, if they're doing it, they're not doing they're it well. Terrible at it. I mean, look, a lot of people think this is the doom of the G five. I don't know that I agree with that because at, there comes a point where, I mean, there are some G five schools that have really big boosters who have no process or no mechanism for for distributing. SMU's the money. a G five school. <laughs> well, they 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 weren't in eighty three. So although they're doing really well, I mean, it's Gold Trans Am time. <laughs> they were so much more fun when they were. Yeah, when they were all wearing insane. Killing. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's allegedly. A, that, that, yes, yes. It's not allegedly. I think he admitted it. I think Craig James admitted it. Didn't he? he, he killed first. I think. I think yeah, he admitted. It. I think it's on did. the public record. He probably did. Wow. Okay. It's it's a thing. It's a meme from back oh. in the day. Don't worry. This okay. is not. Yeah, it's a whole deal. Whenever I he's not listening, Craig James. I think of the locked in the closet thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. R. Kelly. That's where. He, that's where he killed the. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> All right. This comes from Tom Miles at Aloysius thirty eight thirty. 
Does Georgia holding back its full offensive game plan until the SEC championship game or the playoffs put us at a disadvantage because we haven't run the full package in game scenarios? We tend to sling it around more then, but can't keep up for four quarters. Obviously, I think we're holding things back. I don't know that we'll hold it back all the way to then, but sure. I also don't think that Georgia has lost these games because they've run out of gas throwing it around the field. Agreed. This comes from at Dog. He says, what does Kirby hate more, style points or black jerseys? Black I think, jerseys. I don't think he hates black jerseys. I think he doesn't care about black He doesn't yeah. think he about that. He cares about them equally. Right, right, right. He has a follow-up question, Tony and Will. Crushed ice or cubed ice? For I'll what? answer that. For yes. what? For the burp. I'll we have no that. choices. Yes. We have no choices because my ice maker only dispenses crushed ice. For some I have to say, your ice maker is, is insane. Maybe yeah. possessed. Tony broke it yeah. two maybe, years ago. Maybe possessed. It's fine. We've gotten used to it. Um, I for, for the record, if I'm drinking bourbon, I prefer one large ice cube. Right. All right. This comes from Ryan Van Meter. Ryan at Ryan J. Van Meter. Does the silliness that erupted around the failure to meet expectations versus Notre Dame serve as a justification for Dooley Munson's poor mouthing? Or should we own that? We are awesome. We're awesome. Okay. Poor mouth the team when they've lost a game. I mean, look, it, poor, do, do, whatever, do whatever makes you feel good. I don't care. This comes from at Edgar M. Smith. If an infielder calls for it and the ball leaves the yard. <laughs> Edgar, I love that you're coming for it. And the ball leaves the yard. Does Will still think the infield fly rule applies? Obviously not, because what happened was not some, the infielder calling for it. It was the umpire pointing it. Wrongly, but okay. But obviously someone does not understand the basic rules of the infield fly rule. There's no reason. I'm sorry, I'm just throwing something away. There's no reason to have an opinion on it because it is simply a fact. <laughs> I don't have an opinion on whether the sun's in the sky. Right. You shouldn't the, have an opinion on global did. warming. You're right. It is literally just a fact. The umpire did put his hand up. There yes. are volcanoes underneath the Antarctica ice caps. Yes. I read that in a book. Wait, is that your, is my, that your what's the process stamps? My, no, my, my daughter <laughs> came home. That's why they're from, melting. That's yeah, my melting. daughter came home from school, and she was saying, look, there's, she had a reference book and was talking about the volcanoes under that. And she was like, is that, I was like, I don't want to get into it with yeah. a nine-year-old. Um, this comes from. Did you guys hear Trump's getting impeached, by the way? I, is that something that's happening? Go ahead, Scott. At ASC Dog One, help me understand why the sports media doesn't give us credit for beating number seven Notre Dame. Aren't we the only team who has beaten another top 10 opponent? We will get to that Doesn't later. count. Doesn't count. I would, I, the one thing I would say is I do think there is some credence. I'm generally wary. I, I did a piece for MLB.com today where I ranked the 50th best players in the postseason and just spent most of my day getting yelled at, being like, why is it my favorite player higher? So I know fans, fans do this certain thing. I think there's an argument to be made that Clemson got more. I, wow, North Carolina had a great game, and Clemson maybe just had a weird off day. Uh, forgiveness of that than maybe Georgia necessarily got. Yeah. But also Clemson has By the way, the, the 50 best players is a, is a great read. Oh, it was fun. It was fun. And um, uh, thank you. And I would also say that Clemson's won two of the last two national championships and maybe has earned a little bit of that. Uh, they have. Two more. This comes from at Sea Dog Knight. Have y'all ever been to a rival game when they weren't playing Georgia? For example, a few years ago during our bye, a friend asked me to go to the Clemson game. I've been to a Georgia Tech-Florida State game and got to watch Georgia Tech get all excited and then lose, and it was amazing. I don't know that I have. I, uh, a rival of Georgia, one of the games playing not Georgia. I think, I think the question's implicit, but I right. mean, you could count. I mean, who's a rival for Illinois? I mean, I've been to the Illinois-Mizzou game uh, every year, which is really yeah, okay, not, yeah. Uh, in basketball. Oh, yeah. yeah not, not when your team is playing. 
Right, that's what he's, he's, that's why he's asking. But um, Illinois is a state. I've been to. I mean, probably not. No, probably not. Probably not. I mean, I've been to Maryland. I've been to a Maryland game. Okay, you could answer. I went to a Giants Jets game. That's probably that's the best the I same. can go. No. no. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. Good. Giants. I've been to a Giants Eagles game. Okay, so you're yeah. a big baseball St. Louis Cardinals fan. Have you you've been to a lot of baseball games? I've been, that, yeah, I guess I was like at Cubs. I was at Game Six of the Yankees Red Sox. Uh, oh, uh, in ALCS. Yeah, I was at the NLCS uh, when the Cardinals played the Mets. Yeah, in 06. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. But if you're in rivals like yeah. Yankees Red Sox, Game Six that was the I was at, I was at Game Seven. That, that was I was actually at Game Seven. I was actually at Game Seven when. Johnny Damon hit the grand slam for the Red Sox in 04. Yeah. I was actually at that game. I went but to, I've never been to a Georgia rival game. No. I went to a Colorado Rockies Texas Rangers game in that, that July at some point. You're just talking about teams that aren't your teams. I mean, I game, thought you didn't game, even game, like baseball. Game 112. I, know, I, don't. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't speak about baseball. <laughs> just me and Tony can talk about it. <laughs> Only Tony and we're <laughs> wearing the, the stuff after all. <laughs> we're going to wear that out. All right, this is uh, the last one from at Salty Dog 0316. And it's funny, you know how Twitter sometimes like says, click here if you want to see something that might be offensive. A sensitive content. A yeah. Sensitive content. This was this was graded that. Okay. What are y'all's favorite beatdowns of Tennessee? Stupid hillbillies. <laughs> they have graded that. Um, <laughs> Four ooh, nothing. Ooh. I feel like the one two years ago was pretty wonderful. I, I tell you, the one I don't I don't I think it was like oh nine. 08 when Sean Jones scooped up the fumble right before half. Larry Munson lost his mind. Uh, that might have been 06? Maybe. Yes. When Tennessee yes. was going in for the tying touchdown, we were up by two touchdowns instead of them tying the game right at halftime. Casey Clawson was oh, the quarterback. Uh, yeah, my wife had a so <laughs> my wife had been married three my wife had been married there three years at that point. We had a one year old and a newborn. We were at my parents' house and my wife is not unprone to colorful metaphors, and she jumped up and yelled something to the effect of blank, that blinking blank. <laughs> Talking about Casey Clawson. Yeah. Um, so, and I have a, since we're on Casey Clawson, I have a great story. Um, I had law students that went to that game, and whatever, Rick Clawson, right? No, no, whichever one that went to, to Notre Dame. Jimmy. Jimmy. So, Jimmy Clawson, they ran into Jimmy Clawson in the bathroom, and, uh, they were like, "Hey, are you? Are you? You know, where are you gonna go?" And they're like, "He might. He might come." I said, "Oh, I might. I might come to Tennessee." He's like, "Yeah, we kick your ass like we did your brother three times." So, uh, I mean, yeah, I pour some out for my students. They're the awesomes. All right, real quick, buy or sell? Will and Tony. Yes. What were you doing in 1987? I was 11, and for the first time since 1987, the SMU Mustangs are 5 and 0. And ranked in the AP poll. Buy or sell? Buy. Sell. Okay. I'd buy it. Last, nice 1987? Also, last Wait time there was a day game in the World Series. Wait a minute. Are we talking about 1987 SMU or now? I don't know. I probably didn't write that very well. Yeah, buy. We'll buy this okay. year. They're very good. <laughs> didn't Craig James uh, kill? He killed some <laughs> Oh, my God. Clemson got jumped in the AP poll by Alabama. They beat UNC 21-20 to on Saturday. Buy or sell Clemson is overrated and will continue to be overrated because the rest of their schedule is trash. Florida State, Wofford, Boston College, South Carolina, etc. I mean, what's overrated? You know, the, I'll put it this way. The question about Clemson is, are they that Florida State team? 
where they played nobody all year, but you had to keep them number one. They were defending They're champs. Undefeated. They're undefeated. But there was a reason they were, what, four in the uh, – uh, and, and justifiably so. We saw how kind of glorious it was when Winston kind of got knocked around in that game. <clears throat> That's the question. If you – I don't think they're going to lose another game. No. The question is, do they go undefeated and definitively or they go undefeated like that Florida State team? I bet they go undefeated more definitively. I just think they'll kind of figure something out. Uh, there's too much talent there. But that Florida State team was a paper tiger, and everybody knew it. Uh, if Clemson has a couple more games like this, I can see them getting there, but I don't think they will. I think they're better. I mean, I think the Wake Forest game could be interesting to them. Wake Forest plays really disciplined defense. Uh, they're not particularly adept at offense, but, I mean, neither is North Carolina. Um, I mean, the one thing I will say about – in response to your question, is that if they're undefeated and they win the ACC, they're in the playoffs. Right. And they probably earned that. There were people that argued against Florida State, remember, at that time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But is And it, frankly, they may have been right, too. Is it possible <laughs> that they're undefeated and number four behind a one-loss SEC team or maybe even one-loss Big Ten team? 100%. Yeah. Whew, that's an interesting idea, right? The idea of what if... <laughs> wow, what a fascinating notion that Clemson, uh, Clemson, an undefeated but wobbly Clemson gets above who loses the SEC championship game, but gets a four seed against whoever wins it. Like, why would we get Alabama Clemson the fourth straight year, but it's in the semis with a one Alabama four Clemson, both undefeated? I don't think they would do that. No. I think that I, 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 I think you're more likely to have a one Alabama four Clemson or one Alabama, one Georgia four Clemson. Or one LSU for Clemson versus, and then, uh, and then the, a whoever loss, loses a one three. loss SEC team to three. a three. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Buy or sell, there will be a noticeable red and black checkerboard pattern in some sections in Neyland Stadium this Saturday. I mean, we're going to have 25,000 people there, so probably. Yeah. So buy? Buy. Buy. Sorry. I need, I need buy. The word we're still buy. doing buy. Buy, sell. All right. Is it Monday? Buy or sell, Wisconsin versus Northwestern uniforms from Saturday. Did y'all see them? God, they yeah. were terrible. Sell, yeah, sell, sell. I didn't like them either. Wisconsin was wearing khaki pants. They looked like pants. Target employees. <laughs> they did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with Target employees, yeah. but they were playing football. Yeah. Are you unhappy with your blooming onion? And for what it's worth, uh... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Will, that was amazing. Florida's wearing uh, their throwback Steve Spurrier uniforms yeah. against Auburn on Saturday. Oh, it's like so visors. No, it's visor <laughs> helmets. It's it's a white helmet with an with an F, F and a circle it, yeah, and yeah. yeah. Um, that's right. gonna be fun. I have to. Say, they have not played game, yeah. in at Florida Field on, since 2011. It's yeah. on our list. We didn't even know each other last time Auburn played at Florida, uh, or did we? I knew myself. I'm still searching. Buy or sell live mascots on the sidelines. If y'all Bye. saw a bully from Mississippi State get ran by an Auburn player, or maybe it should be buy or sell. Handlers who weren't paying attention, like Bevo's handler wasn't paying attention either. So if you go back and look at that, Everett's like, oh, poor Bully. No, Bully bowed up at that guy. Yeah. He did not lunge at him like Ugga, pour some out, but he definitely, Bully definitely was like, it's, it's do on. it again, do right. it again. <laughs> Come on, I'm right here, get you some. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we already got the answer to this. I wrote this down 12 hours ago. Buy or sell Braves in four? Hold. That's my pick. So. Yeah, it's just it's hard for me to call. It's that. Braves in four or cards in five. Are we going to so, bet anything? Wow, you got to have something on the line. 
uh, something like the like a bottle of bourbon or I, I think if, if I will wear uh, a Braves hat or jersey if the uh, to to a El Barrio show okay if the Braves win and you want uh, someone you guys will have to I have so many Cardinals jerseys I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I have so many Cardinals we're, jerseys we're shaking Cardinals. right now do you have extra medium. I have. I, 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 yeah, we, we can take it. We're doing a three-way handshake right now. Yes, on that. So that'll be the best. Shaking bet. of hands, and we will post a picture on our uh, social media. You can follow us on Instagram at WSLS Podcast. All right, I, I, I will say that I do not normally make these bets because I'm not. Yeah, I got you. All right, buy or sell. Real possibility of having back-to-back home noon kickoffs versus South Carolina and Kentucky. Um, I You're think. The the, I think. The, that I, I think the noon South Carolina kickoff. Uh, increases the possibility of the Kentucky game being a four thirty or later game. And, right, and that's and, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, and the reason the reason I say that is that the SEC does try to move those known kickoffs around. Okay, good. I'm going to Wilco the night before, so I really don't want. Yeah, that it's game. yeah, yeah. And finally, buy or sell Georgia Tech and Jeff Collins hashtag four hundred four culture. <laughs> Whatever, this I mean, is gonna happen. Look, they scored a safety against Temple. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna happen. Geoff is we, really owning the hashtags. Also, everybody well, I didn't say G- Gayoff. Yeah. It's fine. Sorry. Geoff. 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 It is pronounced uh, that way. Dude, don't say Gayoff. Don't say Gayoff. Geoff. Also, bad week for Georgia State College basketball. Yeah. It was not a great week. <laughs> I mean, dear listener, it was an awesome week. Yeah. Okay, uh, trivia, real quick. Devontae Smith of Alabama had 274 yards and five touchdowns in one game versus Ole Miss this past Saturday. Name the eight teams in college football who haven't thrown five touchdowns so far this year. Vanderbilt? No. Army? Yes. UConn? No. Georgia Tech? No. (laughs) Georgia Southern? Yes. (laughs) Um... Haven't seen five touchdowns. Are these are power five, or these are one? There's, these are there's one more. No, you. These are the rest are all power five schools. Okay. Really, have not thrown Illinois five. Has done oh, five Michigan passes. State. No, really, Northwestern. But Northwestern haven't, haven't thrown five touchdown passes. Right, Northwestern. Um, Who is not? Georgia's only thrown eight. <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't needed to. Should have kept Fields. Yeah. Um, um, Okay. I, uh, Kansas? No, they scored 900 points against yeah. UConn. Close. Kansas State. Yeah. Okay. We'll count that. All right. So we got uh, Big Ten, ACC, Rutgers. another uh, AAC. Is it Rutgers? No. It's not Illinois. Illinois is done five. ACC, Big Ten, Independent, and then an AAC. So I'll go ahead and give them to you. Navy. Oh, yeah. NC State. Really? Yeah. BYU. And Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin's scored all the running touchdowns. Uh, And for what it's worth, Georgia Southern and Army haven't even thrown for 274 yards all year. Yeah. So, do you know that uh, that if Lovey Smith does get fired, uh, Army's coach is considered a top candidate. Jeff Lunkin. Jeff Jeff Lunkin. Used to coach George Southern, and he that would be an interesting. He grew up in Peoria and went to Milliken in Decatur. He went to Milliken. Nice. Think he'd leave Army? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. he's clear. It'd be an interesting choice because that is the sort of zag. The, the problem with that sort of hire is that while it works in the whatever term he's there, you're also counting on a, a an incredible, I mean, George Tech can tell you, an incredible rebuild once that whoever that, that guy is leaves. Yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, something's going to do something. Yeah. It's bad times. Georgia and Tennessee have played 48 times since 1899. Can you guess the all-time series record for this matchup? 
I know what it is. So yeah, just go ahead. Then just go ahead and say it. Twenty three, so twenty three, and two. That's correct. It's completely tied. Uh, Although what? Two years ago, recently, twelve years ago. I mean, George has won seven out of ten. In two thousand, it was like sixteen, eight, and two. Right? I mean, Georgia has owned this century. Yeah. Going into week six of college football, how many undefeated FBS teams are there? Undefeated. Undefeated. Um, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Carry the one. I was waiting for that. 13. There's 18. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, LSU, Oklahoma, Auburn, Wisconsin, Florida, uh-huh. Penn State, Iowa, okay. Boise State, Wake Forest, SMU, as my boys call it because that's what Scott Van Pelt calls them, App State. I, I, I'm waiting for you to get, to, get, to get the other Big Ten team. Baylor, Memphis, and Row the boat, Minnesota. Row the boat. The, Although they've the, tried yeah, to lose all I miss, the games. I'm, I'm, so I miss Minnesota. I miss BYU. Baylor. Baylor. App State. No, I had to App State. Listen. I was going through the conferences. Anyway. You're very smart. All right. And then finally, there's only one team in the country with two wins over currently ranked AP teams. What team is that? Currently ranked? Currently ranked in this week's AP, there's only one college football team with two. Everybody else has at least one. Is Auburn. it Auburn? It's Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. A&M, Oregon. A&M, Oregon. A&M has no business being ranked. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're two and two, yeah. and they looked abysmal versus Arkansas. And the, the last, this is a bonus question. Georgia's leading receiver through four games is? It's not DeAndre Swift. Um, is it DeAndre Swift? Probably Cager. Who is it? Dominic Blaylock. Oh, nine receptions, yardage. nine receptions, 179 yards and two touchdowns. Okay. This is it before we get into fun office pools, uh, comments from our, um, I guess, Apple iTunes. And we got one, one guy wrote a very long email on stitchers to us. Oh. <laughs> no. So I'll go with the podcast reviews first. Um, the title of this one is buy or sell five star review. And it is from armchair left field umpire. It's going to be quite the week. Going forward, Will can talk all the politics he wants, but has to remain silent about the infield fly rule. P.S. Keep up the good work, guys. As a dog in New York City, I keep in touch with my southern roots through the many orders of sweet teas from Chick-fil-A and tuning into your show each and every week. Thanks a lot, and go dogs. Hey, man, thanks for listening. (laughs) Go dogs. And then this one, uh, title is, It's Like Hanging with Friends, five-star review. It's by... He put a question mark, an at symbol, an ampersand, uh, dollar sign. Raised hands emoji. This really is how they are in real life, too. Love it. It's Kirby Smart, isn't it? It might be. It Probably. Might be. It seems like something he would spend a week, and then, an hour and a half of this week doing. <laughs> the final bit was an uh, email we got in because we have a website, and it came through our website. Uh, Dave T. says, subject line, infield fly. <laughs> wow. Message. First off, I, I feel like uh, the lady doth <laughs> protest too much. First off, I love your podcast. I look forward to it every time I see there is a new episode. However, on two recent occasions, I've been triggered when Will has alluded to the infamous 2012 Braves Cardinals infield fly call being correct. 
I assume he's just trolling Braves fans, and there's no way someone as intelligent as Will can be that delusional and ill-informed. Mm-hmm. The rule is clearly defined as only applying when the ball can be caught with ordinary effort by an infielder. Yes, Will, we know it has nothing to do with it actually being caught in the infield. In the 2012 game, the Cardinals shortstop was nowhere close to having enough time to camp because under the ball. Because he stopped going back to the ball because he saw the umpire put his hand up. Before but it anyway. fell to the ground. Otherwise, the left fielder would have had enough time to call him off and catch it with ordinary effort. Yes, the stadium was extremely loud, which led to the confusion, but umpires, I was a former umpire as well, Tony, okay, <laughs> um, have si- but, but umpires have since admitted that such external factors, crowd noise, wind, etc., should in fact be considered when determining what constitutes ordinary effort. Mm-hmm. It was an objectively terrible call, as all who watched acknowledged that there is no way that could be, that could be construed as a routine fly ball and could have been caught with ordinary effort. Most Cardinal fans I've ever talked to admit they got a huge break. So, Will, I assume you're just trolling us. If I'm so, I'm not a troller. If I'm so, confirm in my my ability not being a troller. If I so, can confirm. Job well done. Since I wouldn't have gone on this rant otherwise. <laughs> go dogs and go Braves, who will hopefully get a chance to avenge this injustice next week. Also, let us not forget the key part of that play: that the fact that the game was tied in the bottom of the ninth, and the Braves would have won. If no, that's actually not what happened. The Braves were actually already behind by a considerable amount when I that was, play happened. I was. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say, look. It's not that the Braves could not have come back, but this was not... I mean, the call mattered, but it didn't matter that much. I mean... Also, for the record... And that's not capitulation. That's just facts. Can we... Can we regardless of whether the call was... Let's just pretend we live in the fantasy world where, where the, the call was incorrect. <laughs> can we not throw things on the field, by the way? Like, let's also forget... Like, well, that's another thing that this happened. Well, 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 well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. yeah. You want to do fun office pools? Yeah. Okay. Don't throw things on the field. Yeah. Okay. I need to get like a personalized jersey that's like, that just has, a, has the name of the, the name umpire. The umpire, yes. Back, Holbrook. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thursday night, Georgia Southern goes who's to ahead? South Alabama. Oh, yeah. I think Tony wants us to, know, to mention who's ahead. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Standings. Season standings. Number one. Not Tony. Is Yagi Slayton. <laughs> yeah. You go, dog. 241 points. He has a 41-9 and nine record. Who's 10th? Uh, Tenth is Tony Waller with 234 points. Will, I don't know where you are. I'm ranked nowhere. I'm ranked 101st with 203 points. I have to brag because my fantasy football season is going not great. Yeah. Mine's going very well, and I got Melvin Gordon back. All right. I had the best the best week I'm going to have. You were undefeated. You. you were undefeated. No, I'm I'm un- Oh, you're un- undefeated. Undefeated. Right. Un- I had the I had the best week I'm going to have yeah. this year against you yeah. with 88 points. And you scored 87. Uh, 80, 91. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Thursday night Sun Belt, Georgia Southern at South Alabama. Spread. Uh, 12 and a half, Georgia Southern. I think Southern can win this game. I agree. And I don't care, but I'm going to pick Georgia Southern. <laughs> you better care. You want to you know catch up with us. Hill State. Hill State, those, I don't know, George Southern fans. I'm friends with a lot of them. They're just so proud of their cute little school. They're precious. Um, All right, Friday evening, UCF at Cincinnati. Guys, this is a really interesting game. This probably decides the AAC East, whichever, how they decide. Also, Central Florida, we we even talked about Central Florida's season losing streak. Finally ended. They lost. Finally ended. Um, I, I guess they all have to give back those championship rings. 
I I have long thought Cincinnati uh, has emerged as a team that can win the AAC and get the group of five. I'm I'm picking Cincinnati. I'm also picking Cincinnati. I'll pick Central Florida. (laughs) I won't move it, but I will pick them, and they will stay in this position. Scott, stick to baseball. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I don't even know why I do this podcast. I mean, actually, Scott is everybody's favorite EPL fan. It's soccer. It's soccer. <laughs> so what Scott meant to say instead of what's that is he is an Aston Villa fan. Yeah. All right. Uh, Arizona at Colorado. Colorado's 3-1. and one, Arizona's 3-1. and one. Give me Mel Tucker shorts. Yeah, I love Mel Tucker. I mean, I have to tell you, that flea flicker thing has made me root for Colorado forever, yeah. man. And he wears shorts on the sideline. Not coaching shorts, like some <laughs> kind of baller, longer. Sh- yeah, I like it. All right. Iowa, undefeated Iowa, travels to Michigan. Cool game, right? Yeah. yeah. Kind of a fun game. Noon kickoff. A little bit of a worry. The Michigan's looking ahead to Illinois. <laughs> but um, is this the big noon Sunday game? Um, big noon Saturday game? They, on they Fox? like noon games. Is that the big noon game on Fox? Uh, sure. I don't know. What, does it on Fox? I don't know. It doesn't say. It doesn't say beside where. Okay. I feel like uh, Michigan, I know it's Rutgers. There is a sense among Michigan boosters that they got something figured out last week. Um, we'll find out if they can do it to Iowa. I actually will think they may have something good. Michigan is actually not out of the potential playoff race. They're going to get Ohio State later. They've got Penn State coming up. Uh, the whole idea with them is if they can just figure it out, uh, figure out the offense. I know it's Rutgers, but if they have figured something out, uh, we'll know it this week. I am picking Michigan. I was not the time to figure the team to figure out your offense against. That's because they figured out against Rutgers. <laughs> Give me Iowa. Okay, uh, everybody's favorite, I guess, common opponent game is uh, Arkansas State at Georgia State. I mean, I mean, this is like the. Junior. Don't you want Arkansas State to win forty-five to nothing? <laughs> uh, Fifty-six nothing. At the um, turn field, this game will be at the turn field. Yeah, Arkansas State lost their quarterback. So. And the spread this game is pretty close, right? Four and a half. Yeah, I put this game on half Georgia half. State. Seven and a half Arkansas State. Yeah. I take Arkansas State. Yeah, I put this game on here because obviously Arkansas State played Georgia. Georgia State beat Tennessee, uh, and Georgia State beat Tennessee. So do not forget Georgia State beat Tennessee. Wait, uh, when was that? I don't know when it happened, but it happened this season, happened. and they beat Tennessee. And, and Vanderbilt, Georgia fans coming together. Um, give me Arkansas State. Uh, Texas at West Virginia. Wow. West Virginia was supposed I to mean, be I mean, Troy trash Brown's doing something there. Yeah, he's he's, he's doing something there. Uh, this is what, a four-point Texas game? Uh, I think that spreads 11 and a half. Yeah, so I think it's so Is it really? Yeah. Texas? I'll, yeah. I'm not talking spreads. I'll, I'll comfortably take Texas. Yeah, I'll take Texas then. Yep. All right. Uh, Mac Brown, two and three. They come to the flats. What time's kickoff? Oh, God. Uh, four. Ooh, we might have to catch a flight. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mac Brown's still a better coach than Geoff Collins. So I'll, take North, North, I'll take North Carolina very comfortably. Yeah. Cal, Aww, they're back on the West pounds. Coast. Cal goes to Oregon. Oregon. Sorry. The Cal dream is over. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that game was a little funny. I think Oregon wins, but it's going to be, that's going to be a fun game to watch. You're going to watch that? 
Yeah, George Tennessee's on. What time is it? Eight o'clock. Okay, damn it. I'm getting good at this. I'm so funny. I was going to say, I, I didn't really, anticipate. I didn't really care. I just kind of wanted to catch me off guard. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm the son of an Air Force guy who always talked military time. Yeah, I could yeah. figure it out. Dad, I don't know. I know. Uh, last he hasn't year, called. Is he okay? <laughs> he's, I talked to him okay. earlier today. Yeah. Uh, Vanderbilt, uh, Mississippi. <laughs> this game, guys. I put this on there and I giggled when I put it on there. Um, I think Vanderbilt can win it. And the game's in Vandy, right? Nope. Oh, Ole Miss. Then. Ole Miss. Keyshawn Vaughn had a nice week last week, though. Yeah. All right, and then uh, the one we were talking about earlier, this is where game day is. First time since 2011 that Auburn's been to Florida Field, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. When's the last time Florida had a game day, do we know? Uh, it's been since 2012, okay. I think. I watched the SEC shorts, and that was part of what they well, talked that, about. Yeah. By the way, if you, if you ever watch SEC shorts, it's a good one this week. Uh, Funny Mane's on it. Funny Mane is? Makes a, makes a guest appearance. Nice. Pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, undefeated Auburn at undefeated Florida. Auburn's favored by two and a hook. I'm an Auburn believer, man. I'm an Auburn believer. I think this might be a year for them. Yeah, I mean, it's fun because we were thinking, I mean, this is the thing with Auburn. When they get Alabama and Georgia at home, they said when they didn't have good years, they've got quite a, through quite a few of my fields right now. I find it hard to believe that Florida is the one that's going to stop them. I'm picking Auburn. Um, Auburn has figured some things out on offense, and Florida does not have the defense it takes to make them look like they haven't. Um, I think it's going to be a really close game, but I'm still picking Auburn. Okay. Now, uh, Georgia-Tennessee predictions. I'll go ahead and start. Um, I think we brought it up earlier that over the past two years, Georgia's outscored Tennessee 79-12. Georgia's won 7 out of 10. The overall series is tied 23-23-2. I think, um, but none of that really matters this week. Uh, what matters is the talent that's on the field, and Tennessee has obviously shown and proven that they don't have any talent on offense or defense. Uh, they've got some advantages, and maybe the punt team. I mean, I'm, I'm not being funny here, but they they punted a lot, and they're, they have a decent punter. Um, I think you're going to see just a, a big, big dose of uh, run left, run, run, run right. Uh, you're going to see Brian Harrion run angry. You're going to see Swift break a couple, probably score two touchdowns. I'd really like to see Zamir White back in the fold this time. I'd like to see Tyler Simmons get back in there because he's uh, one of our senior leaders. He had a rough game against Notre Dame. Defense holds true. I'm not really worried about that. Maybe uh, a cheap seven-point score. I think the final score ends up being Georgia 42, Tennessee 7, and it could get ugly mm. if Kirby wants it to. I don't think Kirby will want it to get ugly. Uh, I think this is going to be, I'm sad to say, maybe a little bit dull, uh, which is okay. I mean, we've all established that it's okay, but I don't think it's going to be maybe that exciting. Uh, I'm going to go Georgia 31, uh, Tennessee 7. I think I'm well on this. I think we will win handily, but the game, we'll, we'll look back on the game like, Okay. That's how last year's was. Yeah. Yeah. It was so this one's at 7 o'clock. Like so yeah. if you've been out that day, uh, well, maybe you don't make it to the fourth. Maybe you pass out in the easy chair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, probably right. So I am, I'll say Georgia 34, Tennessee 14. All of us have them covering. Yeah. That's right. a little closer. Though. That's a little yeah. Closer. That's 20 point. No, what's the, what's the spread? 20, 25. Yeah. Oh, 25. Um, yeah, I just 
I don't know. I'm not. I'm not willing to pick Georgia covering on anything right now. So, yeah. I mean, thirty four ten, thirty four fourteen, thirty four thirteen, something like that. All right. Okay. Well, we're all fighting back into in the game shape a little bit. I mean, just look at the schedule, man. I mean, we've got. Yeah, guys, it, it starts. It's starting to get. Uh, I mean, after Tennessee, we have South Carolina at the noon game. We have an off week, and then and then it gets serious. It gets serious because we have Georgia. I mean, if we have Florida and Jacksonville, Kentucky, everybody stretch, everybody crack whatever, the necks. Right, but right. Uh, we have Florida, Kentucky, then Florida, then Auburn, and um, that's real. I mean, we're getting the home stretch. And on a side, I've got to, I've got to thank, or not really thank. I didn't get any, you know, benefit out of this. Really, only just a thrill. I put a picture on Twitter last week of the stadium that I took when it was a red out, you know, when they had the red lights on and I, I formatted it for specifically for a, a Twitter header. Like, and so I said, who needs a new Georgia football header photo for Twitter? Uh, this is a favorite one I took. I resized it to 1263 by 421 and put it in Photoshop and resized it. Lo and behold, it got 79 retweets over about 1100 likes and everybody who liked it and commented on it, I click on, they changed their Twitter header to the picture that I put out. So I'd like to say thanks. And it shows that the Bulldog nation and especially on Twitter, Bulldog Twitter is just really rabid and excited about this team. And I guess they're also purveyors of good photography because this is what, uh, this is what I took and sent out. And uh, I was, I was flabbergasted by it. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge purveyor or, or prolific tweeter. Uh, but that was that was kind of fun to see and to yeah, hear all the great. nice comments. Will is Will loves Twitter. Yeah, I love Twitter. It's good for humanity. It's, it's good for your. I, I, I use Twitter for good. Yeah. Yes, if only we all did. So, all right, everyone. Well, uh, get ready for game week. Everyone, uh, I'm excited to watch a game on television. I'm honestly, I actively excited to watch a game on television. And then fall asleep in my easy chair. In the It'll be court. great when the Braves are up two zero in the series when the dogs kick off. Go dogs! Go dogs! I let that go. And thanks so much for listening. And great job on the short notice for the Twitter questions as well. You also heard us read that email or, or comment section that we have on our website. It's a way for you to get in touch with us. Because even though we don't really update our site with blog posts as much as we should, uh, there are many ways that you can share your thoughts or comments with us. It's that form on our website or the aforementioned uh, email. Well, it wasn't aforementioned. The website was aforementioned. But we do have an email as well. That's wslspodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, the two most active social media platforms that we use, which is Twitter and Instagram, both of those handles are at wslspodcast. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Safe travels to all of you road dogs heading up to Knoxville. And for what it's worth, I have complete faith that there will be a noticeable red and black checkerboard pattern of UJ fans in Neyland Stadium, despite many in the media and even my co-hosts thinking it can't be done. So go do it and represent us dogs well. Listen out for the Georgia versus Tennessee postgame show on Sunday, and we'll see you back on campus next week for a nooner versus Champ and the Gamecocks. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.